Welcome back, Martini Giant fans. This is episode number 104, which is the Netflix film from 2022. Yes, this year it is Blonde, directed by Andrew Dominic, one of our favorite directors and starring Anna de Armas. It is actually a slightly controversial film. There's been a lot of backlash about it. A lot of people saw it on Netflix. A lot of people didn't like it. Some people loved it. Uh, we are more in the latter point of view. Uh, but we wanted to talk about it and talk about the controversy and talk about why it's so important. In fact, Dan went on many a Twitter rant about it. So if you follow Martini Giant uh, or at Martini Giant on Twitter, you should check it out. But you should also check out Dan's Twitter, which is at dthron, and uh, look up uh, some of the things that were going on, conversations it's having on the subject. So definitely something to be talking about. Uh, so yes, it's really cool, really exciting, and uh, I think this is a very important podcast. Uh, additionally, I uh, want to mention that we are on Patreon, so uh, we would love to have your support there. So just go to patreon.com slash martini giant. Uh, really exciting to have that uh, going on. Uh, and if you are a supporter of our Patreon, uh, we will love to have you and put you on our, on our special section of our Discord. So go ahead and click right here on this QR code. Uh, that is uh, on our YouTube, uh, and then you will be able to join our Discord, and we will put you in the subscribers-only section uh, if you are indeed a Patreon subscriber. Um, additionally, as I mentioned, we are on YouTube, so for those of you who are still listening to us and you'd like to watch us on YouTube, you can go to youtube.com slash at martini giant. Again, that is youtube.com slash at martini giant, at obviously the at symbol. Uh, we'd love to have you please subscribe and like us there. We'd like that as well. Uh, also, as you know, we record all these podcasts on Twitch, which is twitch.tv slash martini underscore giant. And uh, this Saturday, we will be recording Saturday, November 5th at 3 p.m. We will be recording an episode, which are some uh, old Denzel Washington films from the late 80s and early 90s. Uh, we were doing The Mighty Quinn and The Devil in the Blue Dress. And I think those will be a lot of fun. But for now, please enjoy episode number 104 with Long. No, if no one's seen the legendary, now, now nearly legendary uh, thread that uh, I've had the pleasure to contribute to, the conversation built out of movie memes, <laughs> it's truly hysterical. Yeah, it's one, it. one, one, one movie answering to another movie. <laughs> it's, so it starts off with Jaws. It starts off with Jaws, and he's like, it, "You kids yeah. okay?" Yeah, it's a guy in, in the the guy who gets his leg bitten off in the pond is in the robot. Right. He goes. Hey, you guys okay? Just before he gets attacked, and then uh, and then the next one is uh, Star Wars. Han Solo speaking on the microphone and saying, uh, "Yeah, we're okay. We're fine here. Uh, how are you?" And it cuts to Ving Rhames in Pulp Fiction saying, "I'm pretty fucking far from okay." <laughs> and then it the, the robot in Alien just his head because, uh, well, you have my sympathies. And the next one is the Big Lebowski, which says, "I don't need your fucking sympathies, man. I need my goddamn." Johnson, and then the one following that is a picture of Jeremiah Johnson. <laughs> it really, really made me laugh, and which is something I need today because I watched Blonde. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, can we talk about that for a second? I mean, are we, are we, we did. Well, no, just that you know, we we did freaking uncut gems, and then Mulholland yeah. Drive, and then Blonde, and Young uncut gems. Next, <laughs> uncut gems was like the easiest going of all three of those. And yeah, it's just exactly. like I can't, exactly. I can't that's do the, it anymore. That's the pick me up. 
Uncut Gems is the, is the happy it's, movie. It's affecting it. my well-being. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, it is very, very true. <laughs> it's very, very true. I, in fact, I was just telling Eric, like I, I just watched Blonde for my fourth time and finished it about uh, twenty minutes ago. Right. And uh, I had to, I had to take a minute to get my shit together after that. Otherwise, I'm glad I, I'm glad I gave myself at least fifteen minutes before I actually. Got on, yeah, got, got on the show. Is, you, you don't, you don't, you don't wash that before going into a an HR meeting. Let's just put it that yeah. way. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> any, any public forum at all? I think it's uh, like, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, boy, oh boy, that is something. Okay, so yeah, so uh, we are talking about blonde today. We're not talking about it yet. Yes, uh, this is the early chit chat part of the show. Uh, so, how, how are you guys doing? Let's talk about happy stuff. Uh, I'm okay. I'm. Um, why are you so down, Chris? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I believe so. that that movie is the original screenplay was called The Death of Hope by Eric. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> it may be true. Uh, it, uh, there's a lot to say, and it's really hard, actually. I'm like, I try to write it down because. No, and it's just like, oh my god, how far can we go in this one? Yeah, I, uh, I have a lot of things to say about this movie. I've, um, yeah, I'll hold my fire. Yeah, here's a, here's a here's a here's a, a feeling that I have. So, you guys know Kevin Mack, right? Yeah, Kevin and uh, Kevin Mack used to work at Sony, and Sony was not far from a uh, a little sort of French bistro restaurant called Dijonez in Culver City. You guys remember? Dijonez is closed mm-hmm. now, by the way, closed during the really? pandemic. But yeah. But, uh, that was a he, nice little one. Yeah, it was good. But he, he liked uh, he liked it because it was uh, 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 let me see what, what how, how did he uh, hold on a second. I gotta, I just realized I have to fix something here. Uh, I'm gonna put this on um Oops, hold on. Um, he said that uh, uh, he liked the escargot at Dijonais, right? Mm-hmm. He says, I absolutely love escargot. And then so he said, you know, that's just an appetizer. So instead, he went to Dijonais and ordered three orders of escargot <laughs> <laughs> and have that as his entire meal. And then he realized... There's such a thing as too much escargot. <laughs> and this is how I feel right now. I think we've had too much escargot. Like, <laughs> yeah, this is, yeah, it, it is, uh, it's an experience. It's an experience. That is not like his movie is, is, uh, uh, over. Let's, whether people like it or don't like it, it is overwhelming. I think that is it. Yeah. It's, it is a little overwhelming and a little hard to, uh, but I think even just the film, even if we didn't do Uncut Gems and Mulholland Drive, this movie on its own is too much escargot. This, this movie is a uh, one of one of the saddest things I've ever seen. And to the point of it's just like it's 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 hard to. It's too much. I don't know if it's too much. I don't think it's too well, much. It's, not, like, just I, the, I, I it's think, not just the that sadness is, that's too much. It's I not think, just the sadness that's too much. It's the uh, it's the um, you know when a film does a, a neat trick that's like, oh, what a beautiful transition. It's doing this constantly. 
The entire so, the entire film is that. The entire it's, film it's is like that. Like, yes. what's the matter with that? Well, I, it's just constant to the point where it's like it's so much. It's too much escargot. I I, I agree. I I, yeah. I, I I I will say, I that's, that's, I, I think. It is. You've said stronger things than that. I, I, I don't think that's an accurate assumption. I, uh, oh, because, but, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, because escargot is really, for me, it's very extreme food mm-hmm. uh, in terms of flavor. And I don't like it, but I like simpler Italian food. But uh, it's not, it's, it's, um, you would say that it's almost, um, uh, not degenerate, but it was like, it's almost, it's too rich and too, overwhelming yes um but at the same time like you know with a dream it's i don't i don't see it as overwhelming i see it very subtle and um kind of with that thread but i don't you know i yes it's the subject matter but look you go to museums and see paintings and and you know, it deals with similar subject or subject matters that are saddening or make you aware. Mm-hmm. But I just thought the delivery mechanism on this is so unique that you've. Ne- I, it's really hard to see movies like that with voices like that. So I'm I'm pretty open to it because I'm just slammed with really formulaic shit. And so for once, like they use out of focus is kind of an artistic way for and real it's, reasons. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and it's beautiful. Yeah. So yeah, it's. it's I, well, I like. I would. I just want to interject that, like, this is. I. I everything I'm about to say about this movie for the next couple hours is so positive. I can't. I can't warn people enough not to see it. Don't see yeah. this movie. It's so fucking hard. It's so hard uh, that it's like it's doing exactly what it wants to do. It does it brilliantly. And every time I've watched it, uh, and even just now, I'm a. I'm a fucking sobbing wreck four times. Unbelievable. It's unbelievable. But uh, it is unbelievably unpleasant. Like there is the only thing that you can say is beautiful about this movie is it's photography. And it's actually two things. It's photography and it's empathy. And, yes. uh, and, every, and every single thing is it's just from the outset raw pain that only gets deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper, and deeper until it's a nightmare. And that's right. what the movie is. So there you go. So yeah, if it's like the thing is like uh, the reason why I would say I wouldn't frame it as too much escargot because at some point I enjoy escargot. <laughs> like, I do too. This is like, and if I saw like, everything in small doses, it would yeah, be a like, little bit more digestible. That's that's what I'm saying. Is that that's <laughs> exactly what the movie does not want to do. It does not let you digest the food. It doesn't doesn't want you to digest it. It's I know. Like, like you, well, you what, do actually. Like you do. Well, you like do, what? Because yeah. that is probably the most beautiful and elegant uh, death scene. Um, oh, incredible! Yeah, I've ever seen in the film. <laughs> and you can say that is the and, entire the entire movie is a death scene, like the whole. Yeah, movie, but hours. in a way, it's like you knew that she was in peace. Yeah, it's very. And I, I actually was like, you know, that's the right thing to do. Yeah, it because is because she'll never escape that, and she'll never escape that. What people do to her, they're all animals. So it's like she kind of did the right thing. Well, it's yeah, it's a very like I think that this is a very subversive, highly uh, like it is a very it's how can I say it? It is a a bookend or a counterpoint to the assassination of Jesse James. It uh, and it whereas like in a, assassination of Jesse James, 
you are uh, watching this experience happen and you feel bad for these for what happens like this is that only you are having the experience like you yeah. are you are okay. you are the you are you center of folklore. Because that thing, the Jesse James, everyone knows about it, even though they just, you know, it's generations away. And with Marilyn, people identify with just the imagery and it's generations away. But the reality is for both sides that there were humans with mistakes and flaws. They're exactly like me, is what the movie movie, especially demystifies a lot of things and it kind of makes it real and very real. It makes it like it makes it very personal and i think the reason why the movie is so hard and the reason why the movie is incredibly successful to me is because this is a this is virtually a first person experience like this isn't yeah like this is happening this isn't happening to marilyn this is happening to you and and the movie is it's so relentless and it's so intense and it goes so so far down that uh, it's not something that you, that people are going to like. If you're going into it because you're like Andrew Dominic is a beautiful filmmaker, and he gets like it's a really like it's not a movie about feeling any kind of like like satisfaction from watching it. <laughs> like it's a it's it's like it's like watching Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. Like you get to the end and and you're like no 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 no. And the thing is, I'm not saying that it's the same tone. It's not the same tone at all. I'm saying that like it never relents. It never ever lets you have any outside experience at all. Then it's very, it's extraordinarily claustrophobic, and more and more so as it goes to the point where, you know, people are just going like many people will bail, and I totally understand it. Makes sense, you know, the too much escargot feeling. Yeah, you're probably going to have that. In fact, you'll probably have it in the first eight minutes. Yep. But, it, but if if you if you don't, then it's like nothing I've seen before. Yeah. Like it. it is definitely like nothing you've seen before. It's too, it's it is it is one of the hardest films to watch. Yep. And I've seen some very hard films. Um uh it is, it is. I, I I did not find it hard to watch. I found I, it a celebration of a life. I saw there's a lot of pain, mm-hmm. but at the same time, um it, you know, looking at just how horrible people are from the president down, people use people and sure. uh you're kind of like, yeah. It's uh, that is unfortunately what we do. And it kind of makes you very reflective about, you know, how culture, media and what we do. And, you know, you lose your individuality. And, mm-hmm. you know, she also. And we do it. Like sucked. we are. Yeah. Doing it. yeah. Like that's the that's the thing. So, like, I actually like to back out of it just for a second before we get too deep into the, the weeds. But of the movie. You're sitting down. No. Oh, but the, uh, okay. the that this movie was number one for a few days. Uh, and it has since sunk off the radar. It is the most despised movie released in years with a cinema, cinema score, I believe, of a, of a perfect F. Uh, no one it, liked the score, and it's Nick Cave who I idolize. This, this movie I is... Just well, got his no, no, no. He's talking about this, not the everything. music oh, oh, score. Oh, sorry, yeah, sorry, sorry, yeah, sorry, like sorry. That I, I, don't, I don't remember the last time when America was so so offended and enraged by a movie uh and for twitter for days and facebook etc wherever you're talking about it like it's just thousands and thousands of posts 
about how great Anadarmus is and how this movie should never be shown to anyone and no one should see it. And it's, it's a, it's a, it's, it destroys it. Like it, it shreds Marilyn and it's, and it's hurtful and all like people lost their fucking minds, lost their minds, like Joker level crazy. Uh, and, uh, and I think that I don't think is, people are ready to be, they are not ready for this, this because, and this is what the two things I'm, I'm like, because this movie is directly about what is wrong with us right now. And the reason why we're reacting badly to it is because it exposes our pain directly, like very directly. And, uh, and it's very, it's ironic to me that blonde has slipped off the radar. Completely. It's out of the top 10. It's gone. Right. People have just shut that out completely. But the top two movies on Netflix right now are Jeffrey Dahmer. And one of them is 10 hours long. <laughs> right. And so somehow the story of a serial killer <laughs> yeah, like, is further say? from reality. Yeah. Like even though it's about a real person. Right. Like this is this is phenomenal. Now, I've seen about half of the Jeffrey Dahmer. I, I watched right. half and it glorified. Yeah. I. I don't actually, I don't have a problem with the movie. It's a horror movie and it's a very successful horror movie. There is nothing to that movie. That is, that is just like watching. If you're watching like Texas Chainsaw Massacre has more to say than Dahmer. Like it is an absolute, it's a very, very nicely made, very well acted, like good movie at what it's trying to do. But it is 100% raw exploitation, like raw stone cold. And it's and it and it revels in it. And I'm like, I watched the first two episodes, and I was like, "There's eight more hours of this." So, what was the exploitation? <laughs> the way they just dragged it all on. Well, they do two forms because I, actually, I've seen a little bit past the uh, midpoint, and apparently, like the first half essentially is all the lascivious murder stuff, which is what I watched. Yeah, and it's then the second half is like. Um, it, you know, exploring the victims and defend the, the the more like what happened because of this stuff, and they, I believe that they think that they are making something. Pardon me that 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 elevates it. Now, like now, we're really going to pay attention to the victims when you're just there lasciviously sipping it, supping it up with a spoon. Yeah, I you think know. what I think the problem was I watched most of it mm -hmm. and it was well made. I thought the lead was really good. It's great. And I don't great. think it was I, th I can't say it was glorifying, but it's there's a there's a little bit of a hero. He's not a hero, but I feel also they kind of stretched it just to make that streaming quota of yeah. shows. And it, it didn't really actually need to be that. I mean, it, it was like one victim and the way he did it is like, that's the rest. The, keep the complaining the first neighbor yeah. and, and, and his father relationship really says it all. And you maybe get, the guy that's jogging in the bath right. and, and, you know, we started with the one guy he brought back who escaped and captured him. That's it. That's a movie. That's, and the thing is, like, I'm like, like I said, I don't have any moral judgment on the movie. Like, it's, it's a perfectly enjoyable movie. It's well made. Like, I think that it, it like it overstays its welcome by repeating itself to no effect. You know, and uh, I, I think there's also this thing. But is it, is it a movie? Or is it a miniseries? I mean, it's a miniseries. Oh, it's a miniseries, but it's trying but to tell one big story. It's a, you know, I, it's I call just it thin. It's and the thing is like this is the, like the if people would talk about it in terms of this is a good trashy horror movie then I would respect that dialogue 
because that's what it it's not it is trash it's like fucking you know, last house on the left there's nothing meaningful to it it's just enjoyable to be frightened in a gross way like it's halloween there it is but people because the guy is a real dude we have to sort of glaze it with some sort of propriety and say oh well it's a very thoughtful meditation on well the thoughtful meditation meditation part is done in the first 45 minutes and after that it's kind of just jerking off about killing people <laughs> like and that's not like that isn't deep it may be Real fun. people who yeah. really died yeah and who have parents and loved ones who are still around today because they were murdered by this guy and he was completely shouldn't be i mean we have a mental health issue i think mm -hmm. one of the things about with marilyn and blonde is that oh she's beautiful and right. you know she can't she should it's almost like she shouldn't be uh, as unstable mentally as say Dahmer, not cutting people up. She had a right. lot of emotional yeah. and, and oh my and god, and you know issues. why? Yeah, for sure. yes, and she came from a horrible childhood, worse than Dahmer's. Right. You know, and you know she used whatever medium to make herself feel better. Yeah, and, because uh, um, yeah, right. So yeah, she was beautiful, but extremely flawed person, <laughs> and I. Uh, the truth to it is, is that you captured, it was captured. And maybe in a way, you notice how, like, it really gets more blurry. Uh, it's like my old neighborhood, too, or just by it, where they filmed some of the stuff with DiMaggio. But it was like, you know, as soon as she started taking drugs, the lens... They use it started shallow, blurring shallow, out yeah. more. Yeah. And Until the it, end, where it's it, like, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right. And... It really is a, a strong commentary that you're just kind of floating through this. And it, it, it doesn't demystify. It doesn't. It just it does something where there's such a reality to it, even to Kennedy. That's the truth. Right. Well, this, some, this I mean, like, Kennedy I think, was, was very much like that. Oh, well, sure. I, I'm sure that's true. But the, but the thing is, I mean, that, that's the that's the key word in this movie. Right. Is that it is not about like this is not. Uh, I mean, it's it's from a novel. It is fiction. Like, there's a whole bunch of stuff that is that is fictional in this, and people are upset that it's not uh, accurate or or, or you know um, nonfiction. Right? They're very upset about this. And what it's doing is it is constructing a story of Marilyn from all the imagery we know of Marilyn Monroe. Yeah. Like, there is the the fact is we do not know Marilyn Monroe literally at all. Like, we only have the image, the public imagery and story that's available to us. That's it. Right. And so when people are shredding this movie for not being respectful of Monroe, what they're really saying is I want you to be respectful of my story of Marilyn Monroe. Like I have constructed a story that I use for my ego egoic purposes, which tells me a strong empowerment tale. And I don't want you to hurt that. Like the people, the people that are complaining about it not being factual, like they don't know Marilyn any more than I know Marilyn and everyone who knows Marilyn is dead. Like the only thing you know is the image of the story and, and some of it is true. Some of it is not true, whatever it is. And this movie, uh, like set as, like my core statement about the movie is what this movie is doing is that it, this is not a movie about Marilyn as a, as a trying to get the details right about Marilyn, right? It is a movie about the loss of self beneath a projection of self, like which we do every day on social media. 
Like, there's the false front we put forward to the world. And the, the greater the difference between the false front and our actual selves, the more alienation, loneliness, and anxiety we feel. Right? Mm -hmm. And th and and it constructs the story out of imagery of Marilyn, who likely suffered this. Right? And then it puts it first person, so we suffer it directly, even as we are practicing it against Norma Jean. Like, we are we are constructing a Monroe story ar around her. Like we're the villains by doing this. And then the movie is saying also, this is what it's like to experience what you are doing to her. So we are also the victims of it. And uh, the movie gets like, goes from a larger, as you're saying, like a very wide, uh, very clear lens in the beginning to an extraordinarily uh, short depth of field in the past, in the last 20 minutes, uh, because the world is so impossibly distant from you, including her. Well, she was drugged out, man. She's, she's and, yeah, which is a mechanism of showing that she was shooting yeah. like her, her barbiturates in her neck vein, yeah. dude. It's like that, that gets there fast folks. Yeah. And yeah. it's just unbelievable. It's and, just like, and so like, yeah, like, uh, yeah, yeah, feel good when she is popping pills and drinking whiskey, like the camera's, it's like it loses more and more focus on her until she is just a weird big blur. And that is how much we know about Marilyn. Like nothing. Like all we really know, the only in the Venn diagram of what I understand about Marilyn is I understand the kind of pain that she is suffering. I know nothing about her, but I am now, thanks to the movie, entirely together with her on on her emotional experience because it is very similar to my own. Like yeah. that's what, that's what empathy is. Right. Yeah. And, uh, and the movie, like, I think that it's, it's a, it's a big ask. The movie is making of the audience and I can totally understand people like at some point is too much. Right. But, uh, Why, are they children? They can't handle no, it. No, it's not that. I mean, it's just, it's just a lot. It's just a lot. It's a fucking hard ride, man. And like, and at some point you're just like, I can't okay. fucking, I can't, I can't go any further. It's like this roller coaster is, it's been going on for three hours. I can't keep on riding the same roller coaster. I totally get that point of view. However, if you don't like the roller coaster has to be as long as it is, otherwise it's not a valid point. It's not going to get off. It's not going to stop when you're, comfortable with it stopping it's got to go all the way through otherwise it's it did it's not it's it's letting you off it's like don't know Marilyn suffered more than you can even imagine like no it's got to go all the way to the bottom and say yeah so here we are this is the bottom and then and then well it's a bottom we already know because everyone knows that she died it's a bottom way. we know but it's not a bottom we know that we feel or that we have felt similarly to her like that is like that is the empathy of the movie. It's like you have been in this place. You know what it's like to be this sad. You are feeling echoes of this sadness right now. And it is this is the same kind of thing she probably experienced. So if you're talking about knowing Marilyn, here it is. The emotional truth is actually knowing her experience, not the details, not whether or not the CIA fucking or the FBI, you know, gave her an abortion. Like that's that's all fiction. Doesn't make any difference. The real truth is that you know how this feels, and you are both the victim and the perpetrator of this all the time, every day. You know, and that's an, it's an extraordinary thing to say with a movie. Why would you be a perpetrator? Because because it is constructed of the Maryland myth itself. 
like because you are because we do not know Marilyn yet the movie is made up of the imagery that is the mechanism of her death no we we know I'm not Mar- talking about what I'm not talking about whether it's factual or an, or non-factual I'm talking I'm about say, I'm, not, I'm saying like, that 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 this is made up of stuff that I have that I know quotes about Marilyn like if I were to write a biography of Marilyn it would be these things and some of them may be right some of them may be wrong but like the movie essentially says to you like you know she projects onto other people who she needs them to be she projects onto Arthur Miller she projects onto Joe DiMaggio like please be my mythological father who is unfindable daddy <laughs> yeah please be daddy which she in fact did call them as, as upset as she people called are everybody about she called yeah. arthur miller arthur, that's like, what, yeah that's what yeah. he was just saying like so like like she is she is doing this she is making them into someone that they aren't and we are making like the whole world and they're making her, her into something yes because yes. you look at magdalena she was nothing compared to her but yet somehow yes, he exactly. fell in love with her and exactly. you know why he fell in love with her because she seemed intelligent. Yes. She actually made a point. He assumed that she was stupid. Yes. Oh, she's not that. And she finally was like, well, I read, you know, Dostoevsky. And they're like, yeah, yeah right. Oh, sure oh really? Right. And then all right. of a sudden, he, she made him cry. Because it's like, oh, my God, you got it's, something right. How can I miss that? You right are on, intelligent. Yeah, you're right but on point. You're right on point. Yeah, but it's just like. like this, uh, and the thing is, like, he doesn't even recognize that as her. Like, he sees, oh, She's intelligent, just like my Magda. And then he's like, I'm going to call you my Magda. Like, now you don't know her again. You had one moment where she was in focus for you, and now she's gone. Like, now you're pretending. Yeah, but you're, now you're how, again pretending. Why do you think he married her? Because, because he, like, uh, he is, like, there is an element of connective truth about how he feels about her, but it is fogged by his romance about this other non-existent person. Yeah, it's like the most sought-after piece of ass in the United in the world in the 1950s. And this guy who spends 12 hours a day writing mm-hmm. is is going to bed with her. Yeah, exactly. Right. And so, like the it's and, power. Yeah, exactly. And the things like the and the movie. When I say that, like the movie that we are doing this to her is like the movie constantly reminds you that you are watching a movie that is fake. And she talks about herself as an actress playing Marilyn Monroe. <laughs> Like, okay, literally. So here's the thing. I know, but do you think, like, if the fact that she, the fact that she goes to Mr. Z's office mm-hmm. and he basically rapes her, mm-hmm. and she's like, "Okay, I got a job," it's like, okay, she's she's a willing participant. She well, yeah, like she is. Like, I think that the movie is really uh, represents this really well. Do we like, want to get into it before? Because I don't think people have seen this movie. Like, we, yeah, already know, right. we already know that no one has seen this movie. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> this is what we've already defined. We are we are having a really in-depth conversation. What I'm trying to do is I'm trying to give context to the people yes. who have not yes. seen it. 100%. Everybody knows. It's not yeah, like it was okay. her experience with Guns right. of Navarone. She it, died. Step, Everybody knows who she right. is. That's okay. But nobody has seen the movie in the order of the, the events of the movie and how the movie works. So let's talk about that. Let's step, let's step through the movie. I'm just trying to give it context, Eric. Yeah, 100%. I'm just trying to give it but, context. But that's, we already covered the context just to be everybody knows who she is. Uh, that, let's, because, it's almost like okay. you don't you, – but the thing is that's the thing Then we should just her. shut down the podcast now because no one needs no, to no, know anymore. That's, that's all right, all right, all right. No, no, no. But that's actually – that's. Okay. Silly. What I'm, so, my point is, she's the most recognizable figure 
Right. If, if a I cultural figure, yes. even Eric. Andy Warhol's. So the point is, everybody who's generations away everyone from being has born, an of Maryland. they everyone know has a story who she Maryland. is. And everyone that's knows who kind of a strange thing, don't you right. think? Like so, nobody yes. has, like, you know, pictures of, you know, Herbert Hoover. Yes. Like, Every, everything, you're, really is. Everything, like, you're no. saying is, everything you're saying is completely applicable. But what Chris is saying. But is, my point wait, is, could she not need. He's not going to listen to you. Don't worry about it. There. It's, we're almost there. We're almost there. We're just going to be gentle. <laughs> no, no. It. But like, that's, the, that's the irony of the whole thing. And I'm trying to point out mm -hmm. is that she's the most recognizable person yes. beyond generations. Yet. And the veneer is gone. Yes. And so, what, uh, so, and I think that all of that is exactly on point for the film and what the film is evoking for us, like the, to talk about that. However, and art needs to tear down. Yes, 100%. And so let's uh, like let's hold that thought for a second, and then let's start at the top of the movie and talk about what happens in the film, like just literally, so we can examine these things point by point. The movie starts with her mother uh, saying, "I have a surprise for you." Mother starts, and by the way, the the girl who plays her as a child is mm -hmm. excellent. Yes, considering that that scene in the bathtub, unbelievable, unbelievable, very, very, very and strong that performance. Actress yeah. was the actress, the mother. She's so good. She's terrific. She, yeah. she was in the uh, one about the sex. Uh, um, yeah, she's uh, scientist. Uh, the doctors yes. of sex in the fifties. What yep. was that? Oh, uh, uh, masters and um, no, it was uh, what's his name? The who masters was, uh, of sex. Masters of sex is the show you're talking about, and the movie yeah. you're trying to think about is Kinsey. Uh, yeah, but she's yeah. a master's of sex. She is a she's a go to for HBO. She is used a lot in HBO. She's a, one of my favorite character actors. She's unbelievable. Her yeah. name is Julianne Nicholson. She is. Yes. Uh, they they were like, oh first, God, by yeah, the way. And I would like to also uh, point out Dave three just before we get into it. Dave three D says on the Maryland adjacent news recently after the Ukraine bridge connecting to Russia blew up yesterday, the Secretary of Ukraine's National Security and Defense Council, Olinsky. Uh, Olixley Danilov tweeted a video from the Kirch Bridge on fire and Marilyn Monroe singing the infamous Happy Birthday Mr. President song Putin turned 70 on Friday. That's wacko. There you go. So anyway, so yes, it starts off, it does it this now, here's what's interesting about it is they did keep this fairly chronological, right? Uh, another thing to note as you're as you're trying to think about what's going on here, and it's an important part, and we can bring it up at several other points. Uh, we'll get into it at some point, but the this movie constantly changes from color to black and white, mm -hmm. constantly changes aspect ratio. Mm -hmm. I know sometimes live, and, so, and then this is a big talking point, and we brought up a couple of points, and we can bring it up a little bit later. But it is so you just have to imagine this this thing is taking place. The photography is probably some of the best you've seen in the oh, last 15 years yeah it's astonishing it's astonishing yeah. i mean really really amazing very powerful because um, unlike uh, the, the compositing that the mimics a look this is exactly a look yeah like they, and, they and 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 it's it not and also from optical lenses uh, such mm -hmm. as the background you're seeing behind yeah. us now uh, uh but as well uh the most powerful compositing that you've ever seen in terms of how things are blended together. Yeah. So the visual effects in this is Seamless. unbelievably yeah. strong yeah. and very powerful. So just that's some context in it terms is, of the, 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 the eye candy coming at you. Yeah. Um, but it is a, uh, it is a luminously beautiful movie right. all the time. It is unbelievable. Just, just right. for that. It's, right. It's something to see. 
So the mother is obviously, uh, 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 we can get a quick sense that the mother is a couple things, an alcoholic. Yeah, poor, very unstable. Unstable. Yeah. Single mother, right? Mm -hmm. And Marilyn is, um, the uh, Marilyn character is, mm -hmm. uh, as a child, is a completely accepting of her mother uh, and in awe and smiles as her mother presents her a picture of her father, who's obviously just some poster of an actor. Yeah, it's like it's like Douglas Fairbanks or you know, whatever it is. It's like yes. Yes. right, and says that's your father. She right. says, and it's like that's my father. Okay. And then uh, yeah, and then she makes a birthday cake for her and just starts drinking. Yeah, lot. she's hammered the whole time. Hammered she's the like, whole time. She won't like. She's like, don't touch the picture of your father, you know, with your sticky fingers. You know, just like right. you know, she's obviously deeply, deeply messed up. Right. And you can tell from the to, to refer to our earlier point, like the mother is projecting onto the father an entire story that is likely not False. even remotely true. <laughs> right. like, and so there is a there is a. And her mother was a, a script supervisor. Maybe, yeah, something like that. But maybe, yeah, she, maybe. She, it comes up as a visual that she is. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, uh, but, but she, uh, there is at one point a uh, fire on the Hollywood Hills, mm -hmm. at which point the mother decides to drive her daughter through the fire to get to, to, get to the top the of the father. hill yes. because her, the cop stop her and says her father lives in a bunker up there and he's going to fireproof house, fireproof yeah. house. Right. And all of like, Hollywood seems like it's on fire. Yeah. And she's, and it's uh, beautiful shots of them Incredible. driving through smoke and fire. And the beautiful cops stuff. are like, Dude, Hollywood as hell is the image that they're yeah. going for here. And, and the cops like, you are drunk. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what it is lady. And she and she's just like I'm sorry, officer. Like she screams at the dude, and then and then just suddenly, like retreats and says, "I'm sorry, officer. Don't arrest me." But right. I wish you would shoot me. <laughs> but I wish you would shoot me. Yeah. yeah, like she is suicidal. I didn't realize that she had such a tough childhood. Oh yeah. yeah well, like, I, I remember there was another film that came up before. Um, uh, the, the, who was it that saw it? Someone, it might've been, it might've been Jason, but it was called, it was called Norma Jean. And it was mm. the story. It was a, like a mini series. It was like in the eighties or it's nineties that came. Do you remember that movie? I do. And it was yeah. basically about her, her mother was really fucked up. <laughs> yeah. Really fucked up. Well, this, cause there've been a couple of other, some, some pretty good movies about Marilyn. Um, and like, they all take the point of view of, of feeling sorry for Marilyn, I guess mm -hmm. is the thing, right? They're just like, oh, that poor woman, you know, like, and like emotionally what's happening for you when you watch something like that is you feel like a good person because unlike anybody else, you're the one who cared about her. Like it's a fantasy. Like they, it creates an emotional fantasy where you go like, if I were there, I would have saved her. You know, that's basically what it says. Like you're the one who's empathic towards her. Nobody else is. And then, you know, you, you get think to have that a, started because of Elton John. I, I think it's a common thing for many people, but, uh, but yeah, I think that, yeah, like the, the way that for Elton her. John, yeah, like Elton John's projection, yep. uh, uh, in Candle with a beautiful song, you know, like he, he says in the song, he doesn't know her at all. Right. And it's the, there's something about the image of her and the image of her story that is profoundly meaningful to him. And, uh, and so he projects all this into her as if he knows her. Right. And what he's actually, and this is what I always say about, 
whatever art is that the experience you get from art, the moving, whatever it is that makes you cry or whatever it is, it's because you're discovering an element of yourself. It's a tool to discover something about yourself. That's what art basically is. That's the mechanism of art. And, uh, and when you see like a, most biopics, uh, they are more than happy to go, okay, so the payoff you're going to get is you're going to watch these terrible things happen to a person. And then you get to feel like a good person because you would have, you would have saved that person. Like you, it's a protective fantasy, right? And that's what this movie disallows for you. It says, Nope, you're as much a part of the problem as anything. And you're also suffering it like these. And so when you said uh, about what, like, but like what happens to her, like there's a, there's a little bit of conscious choice going on here. Like it's true for us. Like we are both like, we want to project uh, into a story where she is a victim that we would want to help. But the movie is saying she is not the victim. You are the victim you are hurting yourself. Like this is something you are choosing to do over and over again. And it does that by making us Marilyn, like the point, literal point of view shots over and over and over again. And the only time, like there's also uh, within this opening section, like as soon as Marilyn is shown as a, as a physical person, like the play by Anna Darmus, incredible performance. Like there's a, there's a shot where she's doing her audition and she's reading this part about like, this woman who like everything she says is explicitly about the movie you're watching. You know, it's just like, this is a very frightening, disturbing story about a woman who, and you're like, Whoa, this is the movie, but they start doing the read and she's going to yell at her kid. Right. And she goes like, you get out of here. Right. And the way it shoots, this is she suddenly looks over right into the camera and says, you get out of here. Like you have no right to be here. Like, and you're like, whoa, like it's right at you. And that's because she is, this is Marilyn in quotes. This is not Norma Jean you're seeing. This is Marilyn. This is the image that was just created that is now telling you to sit down and shut up. And then the rest of the movie, it shows Norma Jean's experience first person through the camera. That's you. Like the movie is telling is Marilyn is smothering you and you are Norma Jean. That's what the, that's what the movie, that's what the movie's visual. Design there was is. that moment where she was auditioning that a guy said, you know, just because she's insane doesn't make her a great actress or yeah. something to that effect. Yeah. yeah. But you know, like maybe the insanity is what made people, and her beauty made her a total contradiction because people yeah. just said, didn't think 100%. she was smart. And the way she saw things a little different because she was completely off her, her meds. I mean, she well, was really unstable. The guy says, he goes like, like when they're cr- just like, Oh, that was bad. Right. That was bad. You know? And like, it's like, there's so much. Piece, in this movie. She has a great behind. Oh yeah. Like that fucking, that's, that's what he said. Dave 3d will back me up on this. That, that actor's name is Garrett Dillahunt, whom I love. And I, every time I see him, he's great, but he only shows up to be like the pinpoint asshole when you see him. And he's just like, did you look at the ass in that little girl? And that's all, this is all whole opinion about her. Yeah, entire but that's what everybody was. It's exactly. just amazing. That's what everyone thought. Yeah, and exactly. yeah. And the doctors just, oh, I'll give her some drugs. Yep. Who cares? So yeah, like this is the, from going into the movie, like so much of it is like, you are seeing this through 
like the lens of Norma Jean's vision almost a hundred percent of the time. And, and, and so everything in the beginning is like wildly stylized because you're a little kid, you know? And so like, it's not just, it's not just the hills are on fire, which is dramatic enough. It's like, it feels like the whole fucking world is on fire, you know? And you're seeing that incredible but shot. In of, like, a way, her mother tried to kill herself and she was unsuccessful, mm -hmm. right? In a way, she did it very successfully in on her terms. Yeah. And um, I, I just kind of go back to that, um, like, there were so many, she kept saying to, like, Joe DiMaggio, you know, I just want kids. It's like, no, no, you don't. She wants, she wants to be, like, what she keeps on saying is that I want to be Norma Jean again. Like, I want to give birth, literally, to Norma Jean. There's a, there's a person inside me inside the shell of Marilyn Monroe. There's a person here and that literally happens to her like, several that's times, she, several times. And she, and that person it, is talking to her too. And that person is talking to her in the voice okay. of the little girl. What, the what I was talking Norma about, Jean. like what I'm saying is that there was points in, in it where she's like, I just want a simple family. She could have just ended up with DiMaggio and just gone on with it, but yeah, she continued to wants. act and continue to let people manipulate we, her. Can, can we, can we get back to the story? Yeah. I just yeah. don't, I just, again, I'm trying to give context to people. Yep. We'll come back to it. It's good. So the, so right now we've like, we come out of the Hollywood Hills experience and right. The mother, the mother tries to bathe her in a bath. That's too hot. Almost hurts her and mm -hmm. gets very, very dangerous. And tries to drown her. Tries to drown her. Tries right. to drown her. Her but, and but tries the house to kill. was on fire. This no, the, it wasn't. No, that's yeah. That's this is separate. Like yeah. she tries to she she tries she tries to drown, to drown Norma Jean. Yes. Norma Jean escapes naked in, from the bath. Runs to the neighbors. Yes, the neighbors tried to help her. It's like, oh my god, I think something's wrong with my mother. Please help my mother. Please help my mother. Right. Which point she turns around and there is the naked mother at the door that's closing the door behind her. Terrifying, chilling shot. Terrifying just naked, shot. Closing yeah. the door. Crazy. So, it's one of the. That's one of the great shots, as far as I'm concerned. I was like, the performance is great. The image is incredible. I, I was horrified. Terrifying. Yeah. Terrifying. At which point this couple says, we're going to help you, you know, take care of you, but they can't. So they put her in an orphanage because, but he says, but I'm not an orphan. I have a mother and I have a father. Yeah. Right. She was put in an orphan. I think that's true. She was grew sure. up in an orphan because her mother, know, anyway. her mother was clearly not fit yeah. for right. stuff. Right. Um, and then that's sort of, where it ends with her childhood part of things. And we go straight to her being a model. I'm, yeah, looking, her, her, her reaction. I'm looking up when her mother died. Her reaction. Like, oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just look. I'm going to look up right now when her mother died right. because, uh, uh, I'll, I'll do it. Anyway, let's go ahead. Dan, what were you saying? That, uh, like, you know, in terms of linear storytelling, the reason why we skip, all these years, right? Is like, uh, she goes into the orphanage and instantly the, the character of Marilyn Monroe is born. Like is born out of that orphanage is, yeah. is born out of that. And so we, we don't have to see what happened to her in the orphanage. Like we see the results of that is she, she is now this character. In right. fact, like the opening the, in the presentation of the character in the first place, it says, 
uh, it shows her like in acting class and you hear the, the, uh, the teacher say, I want you to imagine a character that you will, that will be outside of your body, uh, that you will be playing. Right. And then we're, so, then Marilyn is here and she's auditioning. Right. right? And well, she, she know. doesn't actually, she doesn't audition. She goes in, well, she's goes in for an interview <laughs> with that guy. Yeah. It's called an audition. Yeah. 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 She's, yeah. She's, she's by the way, do you know how much her films grossed in the fifties? How, how much? much? It's two hundred million, which is equivalent of two billion today in twenty twenty one. Yeah, that makes be sense. A bigger star for Could ten years or something yeah. like eleven years. That's crazy. Yeah. That's yeah. a lot of money. Yeah. yeah. So she, uh, but she has this quote unquote audition with this. I don't know who, who it was, but it's basically a Harvey Weinstein type yeah. character. Well, I always thought like uh, they said, Mister Z and Mister Z. Is that what they said? Yeah, when yeah, they walk in the secretary. So I thought it was Zanuck or something, yeah, right. but they couldn't say that without a lawsuit. Yeah, exactly. But it does like it. It does. The door doesn't say Mr. Zanuck, but the right. secretary who was kind of stiff and knew what was going on. But looked, it's like Mr. Yeah. Z will see you. Yeah, and so she goes in. He it, gets up, walks behind. He doesn't even say anything to her. Walks yeah. behind her, looks at her, pushes her down on the desk, lifts her skirt, strips her panties, and screws her right there. Yep, rapes her right rapes there. Wholesale. That's that. Yeah, you know? done. And, and so then like, she gets the part. <laughs> yeah, this is the thing. And this is without like, anything else. This going is where on. the movie is. You know, takes a a huh. dangerous position in that, like, like she is one hundred percent the victim of that scene. It is a rape. It is horrifying. It's, that's it. But there's no nudity and there's no actual, like there's no, no, like uh, there's no lingering on violence, like it, but it is horrifying. Right. Sure. And then after that point, like at some point she's like, I guess that's how it works. And I'm, I'm fortifying my, like my position here with this. I am creating Marilyn as a distancing as the shield against all of this. Yes. So, so the thing that's interesting is that, you know, and this was sort of brought up a little bit in that other film as well. When Norma Jean is that Norma Jean, like Norma Jean is different than Marilyn Monroe and Marilyn Monroe is a character on it in itself that she portrays. Right. Uh, but I also think that this, you're absolutely right. It, this is like a, you know, multiple personality disorder situation yes. because you create this other character to escape right. from the realities of what's going right. on. Right. Norma Jean that would never uh, One, accept being raped. Like, but Marilyn Monroe is like, that's my ticket. <laughs> you know, like yeah. I will, I will now be, I will come into being now. Wow. And, and Marilyn Monroe as a, as a persona in this movie is the villain. And they talk about her uh, like Norma Jean talks about her as the villain. Like, yeah, she talks thing, about Marilyn Monroe in the, the third screen person is not me, you know? And when they, when they're, when she's doing the script read, it's the script is literally about a cruel, uh, uh, a, a cruel woman who is trying to destroy this little girl, which is not only her mother and her, but Marilyn and herself, you know, right. and and so like it is the the trap that she is in is that she has so successfully created a uh, a mechan a protection mechanism against the horrors of the outside world, like that builds up a bulwark against um, uh, you know the cruelties of her mom, the cruelties of her absent father, the cruelties of everybody who wants to make use of her, and the cruelties of the, this fucking scumbag who rapes her. Like 
Marilyn is the is the wall, right? And it's so successful, and uh, and it and you know, it makes her, you know, it gives her everything she wants, and but inside, she is more and more distant from experiencing any truth with anybody because Marilyn, the Great Wall of Marilyn, uh, as an object, is uh, allows no one to actually see her anymore. Because it's it's too terrifying to face the truths that she's experienced. Right. Just so you guys know, she the mother was from Mexico. Interesting. The father was a gentleman by name of Charles Stanley Gifford, who died in 1965. Hmm. He was a um, executive at RKO Pictures, right. and she was the negative cutter there. And they had interesting Norma yeah. Jean. Yep. She lived until 1985 off of the money. mother did. Yeah. Uh, off oh, of money man. that Marilyn story Monroe itself. left her. Yeah. Wow. She left wow. her in her will. Wow. That's bananas. She was yeah. a paranoid schizophrenic though. Yep. Yeah. And well, she I, was her, that's pretty that home she, <laughs> right. her, The home she stayed in was in Eagle Rock. Yep. But yeah, I think Chris, you're right. It's like, it is essentially a multiple personality movie. You know, like in uh, in that real multiple personalities are extraordinarily rare, but this is a metaphorical multiple personality in that like that she like, you know, like she becomes dependent on the thing that is destroying her and it's right. destroying her because it won't like it was initially protecting her because she can hide behind the the wall of it. You know, like, oh, the spot, like the the circle of light is, you know, that's your that's your space. Like, um, but eventually it smothers her just like it's, she is her, she is exactly like her mother. She's protective and destructive and, uh, and, uh, she can't escape it. Right. And so the, uh, you know, when it goes into like, she gets the part, she gets, you know, instantly well-received. She goes Um, to acting classes after that, which goes to acting classes. And another one of my favorite bits is like, she, she's so in a sequence in a, in a, the way this is sequenced out, she is raped in the office. Like guy bends her over and that's it. Sorry to be nasty about it, but that's what happens. Oh, this movie is very nasty. Just get yeah. ready. I'm sorry. Yeah. It's super, it's <laughs> super hard. And so then she's in the acting class a couple of, couple of scenes later. Right. And she is on the ground bent over in the acting class and she is screaming and crying. Like she right. is like, uh, unbridled, like having the most horrific emotional experience, right? And uh, other actors who become part of the plot, like come to her and say, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. And they sort of calm her back down. And the acting teacher is like, you know, like, uh, what, what, what were you doing? And she's like, I don't know, maybe I was remembering something. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, I just saw what happened. This is we're seeing the we're seeing the inside yourself version of what was happening for you in that scene. Right. You know, and she, she was remembering to rape. <laughs> yeah, exactly exactly so. Exactly yeah. so. And yeah. and like and like I have this is where I have to say like Anna de Armas is so so she good in this movie. Yeah. It's like yeah. she comes at you like a train. It's unreal. Like, like when she goes to see her mom at the uh, at the at the uh, facility, you know, her mom's old. This is in the same part of the movie. You know, so hasn't seen her in 10 years and she's now she's, you know, she's Marilyn. She's blonde and all this stuff. Uh, 
when she first sees her mom in a single shot, she runs up right up in the lens and like, and just almost tackles her, hugs her and starts sobbing. And it's so fast and so real that I was like, Jesus Christ, I'm not, I'm not ready for this yet. You know, like she is like, like Anna Darmus, I don't know what she was doing to, to rev up for this movie, man, but she's like, she comes in fighting and fighting hard. Like I haven't seen a performance in like decades. Yeah. It's just insane. Absolutely. So, I think it's very interesting. And, and you, you know, you brought it up, you brought it up when we were chatting about this, you know, before we did the podcast, but we were talking about this, but she does, you know, she's Cuban, right? So mm-hmm. a Cuban playing Marilyn Monroe is kind of interesting. And she does have this, it's very subtle. Well, she does sound Mexican. like Marilyn Monroe, but yep. her, every so now and then an you can accent. see a little yes. bit of her other character yes. coming through yes. or, and, and that is bizarre and just enough to make you realize that this is all just a f- work of fiction. <laughs> it, it's, this is like, this is one of the great things in this movie. And it's so fucking daring that he did this. Cause first of all, he's casting her cause she's a great actor. Right. <laughs> Second of all, like she has such a strong accent that no amount of training in eight months is going to overcome that accent at all. Right. right. And I'm sure that Andronomic knows this, you know, and there's going to be just a little touch of it and it'll yeah. probably really come out when she's extremely mad or screaming. Like as it's hard, that's the hardest time to hold onto a, an accent if you're doing one and it does. And so you have this dual effect, just like you pointed out, like it tells you, that this is a fiction, right? Yep. It's sort of Truman Show-ish, almost. You yes. Know? And <laughs> yes, it, like, it's, it's exactly right. It's like the Truman Show, like, uh... Yeah, it uh. is the, yeah it's, it's absolutely the Truman Show, right? Right. And the other effect is that you're seeing the real person. Like, right. you're seeing Ana de Armas, like the real person. And because you're seeing the real person... Man, I get emotional on this one. It's like, because you're seeing the real person, that's what you want for her. Right. Right. And it becomes really uh, jarring. And it's interesting because she's going to get, she's not going to get recognized for it. No, oh, because people hate the movie. And, and it's like, I'm sure billions of people saw it, but like it will, it will be considered a bomb because it died on the top 10 very quickly. But she is, she is absolutely like, uh, th- this is, this is of a, this is a top 10 performance in film period for me. I was like, I've never, I have maybe Meryl Streep and she was married York. at 16. Oh, Marilyn. Yeah. Crazy. Jesus. Nuts, dude. It's nuts. Yeah. So like the, uh, the design of what's happening is, and I think that this is where people have a tough time with the movie is like the movie never settles down into being, um, a story. Like, it's not like a movie of the week where, and it's just like, oh, and then we find out that like nothing like it's it's in order but there's no like there's no story to it there's no like uh it's what we all know or we're kind of like oh yeah like it's all recollections this is all yeah exactly this is when when eric you're saying it's a dream it's totally a dream like you're going from moment to moment in her life and you're seeing the emotional connections but the 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 individual facts of whatever is happening in the sequence are not particularly this has nothing to do yeah in fact i mean Wait a minute. What is it? Is nothing to do with Daniel saying reality? With, 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 with yeah, with all the the 
the weather, like in, in like what if was reality with her? She well, that's, that's what. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not saying this is. Crit- I'm praising this. This is a, this is a this is this is good. Is that I think that it is difficult for people, and one of the reasons why people have a problem with the movie outside of like it's very hard to watch, is like I mean like Dahmer is on the on the terms that people are saying this is too hard to watch. Like Dahmer is way way harder to watch in terms of like lasciviousness, right? But what. But it is because you're feeling real emotions as opposed to Dahmer, where I was like, oh, who fucking cares? <laughs> it, it almost glorifies somebody who should not be glorified. Yeah. And whereas, like, I'm getting more and more in tune with Anadarmus in the movie. And okay, I was wrong, sort of, Dave, for you guys. Like, it, I, it becomes dangerous for me to empathize with her because it's getting so harrowing, right? But the, but the way, to, like, if you're telling it in the Dahmer way, right, you'd be saying, okay, so then they go and talk to these guys and it sets in motion this little plot line. And we go and talk about it. And we go to those guys and, uh, and we see that, you know, uh, there's some mechanism about the plot that comes back around. It's a plot, you know, like Dahmer is a plot movie. And this is no plot at all. This is simply a sequence of emotions represented in scenes. I'd say and that's it's, accurate. Yeah. And so yeah, like, it's, it's, un- it's, it's a, unlike it's, what people are used a, to. There's no plot. But it's based on a story that everybody knows. Exactly. And it's, in fact, it's using the fact that you know it as the architecture yeah. to hang it right? and like to, to explain right. along. And so like the, it, it, uh, it totally, it's just like, we're not going to get into fucking side characters and their lives and whether they think like none of that happens. No, like, it's it, it, but it, but what it does is, and I, 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 it just could be misinterpreted, but it romanticizes a lot of it, not necessarily by making it better, but I mean, more like it's a yeah, this it's is a an abstract. It's an abstraction yeah, portrait of this, right. right? This is this is like the image behind us. It's like a pointillist view of her yes. life. Yeah, you know what I mean, it, right? The, what, like what you're experiencing is the emotions of her life, not the facts of her life. It's incidentally yeah. factual. And this movie is there's a lot there's a lot with this and Mulholland Drive that have that are that Absolutely. have parallels in this. Yeah. In fact, I want to bring up the. But it's the a story casting. you already know. How do you tell a story you already know? Well, this, or you this, think this, you know? Yeah, and it's like, it. like They allow you, the audience, to supply the order of facts because you know them. Like, you you know that everyone knows the Maryland story. Well, okay, hold on. Hold on. Look, it's an abstract painting. Hold on. It's an abstract painting the same way as in the Silver Maryland that that, that yeah. Warhol did. He did all those Maryland um, screens yeah. in the 60s, and mm-hmm. it's just the symbolism of her. Yes. Everyone had these kind of like abstract reactions and emotions to it. That's all he did here. Yeah. That's, that's, all that's he the did was take the iconography of her and play it out in this, in this way that's dreamlike. Right, and he is using the iconography to create emotions for you that are meaningful to you, like to your own experience. It happens to be that it's likely also her experience emotionally, but we don't know that. We don't know her. Like we know ourselves. And this is the the point of the movie is to see this in ourselves, not to get to know Marilyn better. But what we do know though is that everybody pretty much took advantage of her. Oh, without a doubt. And, And to a great degree. Yeah, Down absolutely. to the people injecting stuff in her neck because yeah. they just were paid to make her keep working. Sure, exactly. um, she's a she's a creature, and, th- she, and that's what I, that's what I mean. It's like she is she is also like this is like the fact that we know all this stuff. It's like all the people that. And I'm going to push back a little bit on the it, fact that everyone knows the story because I don't. I think anyone 
everyone you know, knows born the in image. the 70s or, 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 or earlier sure. do it but some people in the 80s 90s and 2000s which is a lot of people who yeah, watch they, Netflix. And, and, I, i'm no, going to take this back and i'm going to say everyone knows the image yes because that's absolutely knows the right. image she is that's it. she is a that's symbol it. Image. i think we're all in agreement on this like nobody like i don't think if you went to somebody who's in their 20 in their 20s they're not going to know they're not going to know this or that or mother drove this car however they do have like I have definitely debated already online with people in their twenties and thirties about how they feel. Can you put the mic in, in front of you like you had before? Because yeah. there you go. So the uh, so I've debated with people that are in their twenties and thirties that like they thought that this was cruel to the story, like to, to that real Marilyn, right? And I'm like, what do you know about the <laughs> what real do you Marilyn? know about Marilyn? Know about the real Marilyn? <laughs> like, how do you know who the real Marilyn is? I mean, like, I mean, I'm fr- I mean, I know way more. What if it was Marilyn just a commentary Marilyn? on the image itself? It's about because everyone it just knows her as a. Yeah. It is a commentary about yes. the image. It's it's it. It comes, yeah. Oh, good. So that's sorry, it. So you don't need to know the story, and there is no, de- you know, like some people don't know the story. Yeah. It's not about the story. It's about the iconography of that's it. Exactly it is, right, Eric. Right. Like that's you, what it's you are, about. Right, and you are using the reason the way we use the iconography. It's like when I was debating with people, like they're like, it, it, it's so it's so evil to the 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 story the the uh, to Marilyn's life and disrespectful, etc. And like I'm like, you are creating a story about Marilyn that fits your ego with this. Like you don't know Marilyn, you're creating a story about Marilyn that you feel good as the hero defending her. Like that's what you're doing. Right. And the movie is trying to say that's cruel. Even if your intentions are good, like we are constructing. So, because we do the same, we're, we're doing is like, we are also constructing a story out of the things we quote, know about Marilyn, but instead of do using it to feel proud about ourselves, we are losing, using it to point out that we hurt ourselves with this shit. Like that we are actually oh, they do it in very strong ways in, yeah. inside this, they, yeah. where they point back to the audience a like, lot harshly. In fact, we'll, we'll, we'll get to it. His extended what, faces. Yeah. yeah. Like, and like there, there's like, there are moments in this movie, which are so like, there is a, um, we'll, we'll get to, I'll save it to when we get to it, but there's a, there's a very controversial sequence, the JFK sequence. That's a, what? Yeah. a BJFK. The, yeah, right. The, oh yeah. The, 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 J, the, uh, the JFK sequence. Which we'll get to, we'll get to, we'll, we'll get, get to, to that, that point. And we'll, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll touch on I want to get, I want to get to basically, you know, she, we talked about her visiting her mother and how disturbing that was and mm-hmm. what she's trying to do. And her mother basically doesn't want to give it, doesn't give a shit about her. Right. Right. At all. And she's uh, like, who are you? Who are you? I don't know you. Yeah. Right. Well, because she doesn't look anything. You know, she's yeah. obviously transformed herself, right? Yeah. And she and the, there's a, an amazing line where she's just like, "What? What? What year is it? Like your hair is so white. Like saying like you're old. And so right. like what you're saying is like you are me. Right. Like you you are now me. Your white your white platinum hair is me. Right. Like you have become you have become what you what destroyed you. You know. And and out and out of this in, in the acting class, she meets uh, the sons of Charlie Chaplin. Yeah, and, the twin sons of Charlie Chaplin. And uh, and Edward, was it Ro- Edward G. Robinson? Right, because there's, there's put it, you, uh, put they this, talk. Of, put it here in your microphone. Oh, sorry, I'm, yeah, I'm trying to when you do it like this, you, 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 yeah. you I can't. So yeah, it. here we go. The um, so that she it's because uh, give me. Uh, I may be wrong. This is the son of Edward G. Robinson and the son of Charlie Chaplin, but they're basically played as if they're twins. They're made to look as if they're like they're dressed as tw- as if they're twins. They are twins. Yeah. Are the and actors so, twins? Yeah. Like the actors are not twins. Um, okay. But this gets to this, like this gets into this very like 
this uh this wonderful strange sex scene which is incredible yeah where, it's great uh it's a essentially a sex scene in this extremely distorted mirror right which is the metaphor for your experience right there it's a metaphor for the film um and they constantly talk about how uh, we're like the Gemini. It's like there's all, it's like Gemini, but with three, there's Marilyn and then there's us. And what the movie is really saying is like, here is two people that are twins, basically these two guys. And what, like, what, one is the one that she's in love with, and one's the sort of sexy one that's off to the side and is constantly worried about image and self image, right? And that is an externalization of what has happened to Marilyn, the two, joint Norma Jean. There's Norma Jean and there's Marilyn. And then there is also this guy who is two guys. Like right. she, she is twins within herself. The only difference is that his twin is external and her twin is literally internal. Internal. But they also say at one point, it says your name gave birth to yourself. Your na- Yes. Yes. 100%. Right. Yeah. So that's something that's, um, Yes. And, and she opens up to this, this guy and the other guy more than she's ever opened up to anybody and tells them all of her innermost feelings as far as she can express them. Right. And, uh, and to, to her, this, 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 this threesome mm-hmm. is this, this is a relationship. This is the thing that she wants. She can have, yes. a, she can have it both ways. Let's yes. just put it that way. That is exactly what it means. Thank you. <laughs> Yes. She can have it both ways. She can have it both ways. She can have like the, the kind, caring, good guy and the fame guy who's all about image. Like she can have it both ways. And that is a fantasy. She cannot. Right. (laughs) But she ends up getting pregnant. Yes. And then has an abortion (laughs) and then has an abortion. And so the abortion number one, abortion number one. (laughs) And the, and here's where the movie, this is the first big offense that people took is that the abortion itself is, uh, is shown as traumatic and nightmarish. Right. Uh, and, uh, the, the baby that is growing within her is, uh, given, a voice like in um, the Michael J. Fox movie. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Right. And, uh, Michael and J. Fox movie. Oh the, yeah. It's so a, the baby, uh, what, Oh, what, John Travolta. No, no. Movie? Michael J. Fox. What's, uh, Dave 3D is going to know what the movie is. Michael J. Fox. Um, it's, it's the Brett Easton Ellis book. Shoot. I can't. Oh, I thought you were talking about look who's talking. <laughs> Maybe so. But like, this is, this is where the movie, like, the movie is so brilliant and Dominic is such a brilliant sort of craftsman and mm-hmm. Im- image person that yep. he is able, cause we, we've seen all, seen all those other movies and we know how sort of like beautiful and subtle his work is, but there's also when you're dealing with Marilyn Monroe, there's a lot of sort of kitschiness in the world of Marilyn Monroe. And so it takes things that are, that should be too corny to believe. And it brings them into the image set of what you're watching like in this case, a fetus that talks to her in her child's voice. Right. And somehow the movie brings, brought me on board with this in a weird and beautiful way. Like this, I was just like, I think I understand this because it's, it's set it up so thoroughly and so beautifully with her inner self that this literalization of her inner self makes sense because the whole movie is about the literalization of the inner self. 
Like, so like it makes it all, it, it blends all this. What, like what wouldn't work in any other movie he's able to make very emotional and very personal in this by riding this line. It's like when they're, when he, when she's having sex and, and like with the two guys and it shows her like she's, you know, it shows from beneath the edge of the bed and she's like uh, over the edge of the bed holding onto it. And it dissolves the bed into Niagara falls. And then it turns into the movie version of Niagara falls. And it's like Marilyn Monroe and Niagara falls. And they can still see her face as she's like, yeah, like getting it on with the dude. Like, you're like, what the fuck am I looking at? Like, what is this? The best part, one of the best things, too, was when they were showing the movie premiere and they were just fast forwarding through the movie. Oh, it's incredible. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, that was really cool, actually. Really cool. And I don't know if they did that because of legal reasons. No, no, no. It's like, I think it's just like, just it was so cool. Can I read you something? A couple snippets. Yes. Um, uh, So, um, Arthur Miller, you know, uh, he actually had an affair with Marilyn Monroe in 1951 oh, while he was still married and then married her five years later. Ah, uh, interesting. And she converted to Judaism. That's why she was banned in Egypt. Ah, uh, interesting. Wild. And yeah. then when she died, Miller married another woman he met on the set of uh, The Misfits. Oh, my and God. And they had really? a child. And he's, one of his sons was with Down syndrome and lived in a home in Connecticut. And he never saw him until his son-in-law, Daniel Day-Lewis, took him to go see him. Really? Whoa. That's bananas, dude. That's bananas. And this is a good example. Here is John Huston. John Huston quote, Mm -hmm. because John Huston did her first big movie, Mm -hmm. Asphalt Jungle, and he did did her last movie. And he said, quote, yeah, I love the movies are incredible. Yep. It's one. I love the misfits. But he said, basically, um, when she died, uh, he put the blame on her death on the doctors as opposed to stresses of being in Hollywood star. Mm-hmm. Quote, that girl was an addict of sleeping pills and she was made so by the goddamn doctors. Mm-hmm. It had nothing to do with the Hollywood setup. Quote, Interesting. Yeah. Well, Hollywood set up the doctors. Yeah, exactly. This well, is, now, it's, it's just that still she was a drug addict. She was a drug addict. Yeah. She was a junkie because she because of her situation. Yeah. She's taking sleeping pills. It's like Michael Jackson is in the same boat. Yeah, he was taking propofol. Propofol. That's a a kind of sleeping pill. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Turn your lights out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But yeah, the uh, but that's the sleep. (laughs) But that's that's a great example of like you can see how many other stories you can make out of the marriage. Yeah, you could do the same thing with Michael Jackson. Yeah, like any of this stuff, it's just like you can just like you can like there's so many interesting avenues um, that you can make a meaningful statement with. You know, and yeah. uh, and that this movie, like, it shows how focused to me the movie is in that it's only choosing the things that it needs to say what it's saying. If you did the Michael Jackson thing, story bio like this, would it be would it be narrated by Bubbles? <laughs> that would be, I would vote for that. That would be great. <laughs> I would definitely vote for the Bubbles version for sure. For sure. Oh, that would be so cool. Just hanging yeah, like, out at Neverland Ranch. Well, what's the sculpture the of uh, him in bubbles? The famous little the sculpture of him in bubbles. Uh, you, remember, you know that? I can't remember yeah. who the artist. Like it's it's. It, this, oh, this oh is, you're talking you're talking about uh, 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 Jeff Koons. Which is the Koons, Jeff Koons, yeah. yeah, the Jeff, Jeff Koons. Koons. Like that is the effect that that sculpture has on me is the same. Oh, I love that, that sculpture. Oh, it's brilliant. I absolutely brilliant. love that sculpture. Utterly brilliant, right? And it ha- and it's the same effect that this movie has on me when it's, it's at starts. the Broad. It's it's at the Broad. Oh, yeah, you can go see it at the Broad in person, and it's life size. Yeah, 
yeah it's yeah because i've only seen photos of it and it's really yeah i know i've seen it in person i was like holy yeah and like the and it's a very affecting weird work like it's not like it's an it's an unpleasant work you know uh the sculpture and uh and this well it seems kitschy and silly and then you realize here's the thing but uh, but the effect of it is profound is that because of what he eventually became accused of and how his life it's all cues you to think all of those things everything to do with him is wrapped up in this sculpture like it's it's like it it doesn't it's not it's not saying a particular thing about a particular michael jackson moment it's like it's standing aside from it and seeing what this is you know and uh mm-hmm. and as it framed as a work of art and it's and it's upsetting it's really upsetting so like it has the like it has the stuff that he's accused of it has the his like his like it has, it has every aspect to it, racial aspects and, uh, you know, uh, personal destructive aspects and, uh, and fame aspects and, and the real person aspects. And it's all like in there that it's for you to discover by thinking about it, you know, and that's what makes it a personal thing to look at. And so like, that's what I mean. It's like this movie is so sensitive as to what it's trying to communicate to you and with you is that it can bring in these like the the image of the dad with the fedora you know which i is, sent did you guys see that on the thing the links oh i didn't see it yet. but like this is the first thing you see in the movie is is her you know like the first scene in the movie is like that's your dad and it's a picture of this dude is like hit that link that i sent dad. and that's then the father that's Look the guy at the picture yeah there you go hit that link the first one the uh and so like this yeah this guy like so this the image of the guy. I got to do a t-shirt of you just like that. Uh, totally. Exactly. That is totally. Yep. That's the, done. the image of the dude is this corny 1940s, like tough guy with a hat shot. Right. And they use it multiple times in the most sad situations. And the corniness of it makes the scene sadder. Like, it's like, it's so weird how, how, like, how he pulls off this effect. And so, like, this is to come back around to the, um, the, the talking baby bit. It's like, if I just described it to you, like, people are like, how can that work? But it, it utterly works for me anyway. Like, it, it completely got me. And it, and it, it solidifies the metaphor of the, like, this is the internal self that she will not allow back into the world. Right. And, and so she, so Marilyn keeps destroying it. Like it wants to be born. This real version of her wants to be born and it, and Marilyn destroys it multiple times in various ways. And we are given the perspective of that, of that being, you know, that the self of the movie is the audience. Like we are seeing her point of that emotional, her point of view, the one that is suffering is the child self. And the movie goes so far, and this is where it offended people crazily, is that during the during the two abortions, you get a shot from inside Monroe's vagina of the doctor's so great. sticking the speculum in and uh, opening it up. And it's shocking, right? But it is your point of view. You are the being within her. That is what is happening, right? And so the movie these creatures outside, these monsters are threatening you. Like they are threatening you directly. Especially as she's having doubts. 
yeah. while it's happening. Yeah, what is the legally of that? I mean, like if she's on the table, either of you guys answer this and says, I don't want to go through this. And they're like, sure, sure. And they just put, you know, anesthesia over her and tell her to right. shut up. Doesn't she have a right? I'm not saying that this is not an abortion decision. I don't think this has anything to do with reality. Yeah, of course. But if somebody says, but if somebody says, I'm, I'm more asking the question. If somebody says on an operating table before they put them under, I don't want to do this. Then they have to shut it down. They do have to shut it down, don't they? Legally, they can't just say no. It's too late. She, she, but she, but the thing is that she becomes. You know, she's she's not a person. She's treated as a commodity, like yeah, like fixing exactly. a car. That's the whole point. Of the thing. Yes, <laughs> what I'm saying though, in, re- in, in disregard reality, to yes. the story, in reality, no doctor could ever like continue with an operation if the patient says, not, "You know what? Not, I'm and, not going to do not, not without breaking their oath." Yeah. Like, well, like, legally, though, I mean, that's what I mean. Well, that is legal. <laughs> like, you, you, yeah, can't, yeah, yeah. you can't do that. Um, but I mean, like, if, we, if we're talking about the reality of the 50s, like, I, could, I believe that they would probably be a little bit more negatively flexible in that direction in that time period. But in reality, just just generally speaking, like, you can't operate on someone who's like, please stop operating on me. Like, okay, Dan, your your microphone volume constantly changes, so okay, you can stay to the side of it. Yeah, here, there, yeah, we'll, we go. there we go. We'll do this. All right. So yeah, you're constantly yep. like. Oh, okay. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry about that. My fault. My fault. My fault. <laughs> oh, bright lights, big city. Thank you very much, Dave. Three. That's exactly yeah. right. That's what I was thinking. Of. Um, but yes. Yeah, so this is the like that she like the first act of the film closes essentially with that that version of her trying to be born the self trying to be born and she destroys it. Right. And so people are also upset that they perceive this as a anti-abortion movie, which I, I don't believe that it is, (laughs) but I think that has to do with the fact that we are very pissed off about real abortion rights stuff. Um, This is a person, this is a person trying to like deal with their internal uh, uh, selfhood and not, trying to make a statement about Roe v. Wade. Uh, but people, they, it did trigger people, and that's also one of the things that made them mad. Um, and the... the, the then they, there wasn't, wasn't there a point in a movie where the, the mother said she tried to abort her? Yeah, like, exactly. Right. And, so, and that's so, like, so horrible. Well, it's, and it's such a fucking great scene, because she's the mother's in the tub. Her mother to say that? Yo, it's like the... When she's talking to uh, her, the mom in the tub, right? And she's like, you know, and you, you almost got rid of me, and, and like, then I wouldn't be here, and Marilyn would no, it wouldn't be here. Like it's a separate being. Like right. Yeah, that was just that <laughs> like, kind of life with referring to herself in third person, the Marilyn. Yeah. Like, it's really it's horrifying. It's horrifying, and she's and she's more and more distant from Marilyn as she goes on. Like she, so she was, you know, she had a serious drug problem. Mm-hmm. No one really seemed to say you know they try to save her in some ways i read in some of this with arthur miller that he really tried to save her and just move her connecticut but she did you know yeah she didn't for some reason well the thing is man i think that even in like the thing i think i well listen i I definitely think there's some interesting historic facts about marilyn monroe but this movie has nothing to do with historic facts yeah exactly it's a dream no but it does have something to do with i don't think anybody really sees it completely because the book it's based upon was never considered you know, real, all facts. Right. And so that's, it's a a novel. It's a literal. Yeah. So that's that, but a portrait of somebody who was famous and had trouble with their own reality and the insecurities and in all those issues, that's, 
a, it was a, it's a very brave and brilliant study. And it's very kind of um, uh, like, it's not your traditional filmmaking. And I oh, love the fact that, that they did it because I find filmmaking like that very challenging and it makes you look at things differently. Like I said, I found the death sequence, the most beautiful death sequence I've ever seen in film. Just oh, with the leg. Or, or so just, with, like, just with the, like with the abortion, the first abortion, like she gets a shield. She's like, no, 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 no. And she gets up off the table, pushes, kicks the doctors aside and runs away. Right. And you're running down the halls after her. Beautiful. Right. right? And then the, then the hall, the, the halls turn into her house and it's her house on fire. The best was when she's sleeping on the plane and then she gets up and she's, yeah, going yeah down that's, the, that's, that's, that's when she's, yeah, that's, that's during the drugs. Beautiful. It's like, that this stuff is incredible was great. Stuff. Yeah. I kind of so wonder if they, do you think they just built a, a little plane model yeah, or a yeah. set and just into a theater and just, yeah, and just went into a theater. Do you know what was so. really great scene and no one talks about it is when she was auditioning or they were shooting the first Avengers in 1954 and she was against the green screen and right. she was like, with there's absolutely no, yeah, they're going to yeah. do all the other stuff in post. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think there might've been some LED wall stuff going on. That, yeah, that's in, in fact, I know there was because I'll tell you why, because I looked at the credits and uh, one of the big companies that does huge LED wall stuff was massively was, credited in this. Yeah, yeah. So a lot of stuff. I was, actually, interesting you say that. I think when I watched it again, when she was driving through the mother, through the uh, fire, through the fire, I yeah. saw a reflection on that flat, you know, the glass of the window yeah, of the yeah. car. Right. And I saw it. And I was like, God, it looks like it was just put in post or they put a TV there to put the reflection on because <laughs> yeah, it was something yeah. weird about the flame, the, the, the straight flame right in front on the front windscreen. Yeah. Right. That's right. It was yeah, like straight weird across. Yeah. Like, yeah. Burr, burr, burr. I was like, that looks placed. Uh, yeah. I, I think it could like, very well have done that. But I am um, uh, um, basically, uh, 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 uh Prism stages. It was a Prism stage. One, anyway, it's one of the, the the companies that does LED stuff. Did a bunch of work on Maryland, uh, which would is great because then they could capture a lot of it in camera. And they did a really good job because I barely noticed anything. Yeah. I didn't. It didn't seem like cheap Mandalorian or yeah, exactly. Death on the Nile was the worst. Oh, was it really bad? Oh, because the thing God, is, like, it looks this, like this a, technology can be used are you extremely well. Was it, was it a good so film or is it crap? No, 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 no. The LED walls, you could so LED tell walls. that it was a backlight. Because like, it was fucking, just No terrible. one does anything but the black levels. So, like, it's just like this misty gray flatness. It, it wasn't just, like, just that. It just like was a TV like, set. Like, yeah, it's just not. It was just, yeah, not good. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, so, like, in this film, people, it's excellent. It's ex, yeah. ex. I can't even, I cannot emphasize how much. Of course. I'm going to look up the budget. Because the, 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 like, the, Dominic is such a, like, not only is he director. Is not only is he a brilliant writer and a brilliant director of actors, and he comes up with incredible imagery. He obviously knows how to build things. He can construct. Yeah, the construction of this is like how the it, you have to have that in your mind to make yeah. that work. The, exactly. From the from the moment he wrote it, he's like, "We can do it like this. We'll build this like this, and it's going to work like charm." Do you, you, know, you know what know the budget to... was? Pardon me. I'm just gonna... the budget. What do you think the budget was? Don't look up anybody. Uh, sixty million. Twenty-two. Mm, Jesus Christ! What? Yeah. What? That's insane. That is insane. That's insane. That, I was going to push. 
Yeah. You could like, kind of tell, and I'll tell you why, because there was stuff, a lot of the tight interiors and, you know, stuff where... Well, that, yeah, you know, because it gets away with it because the movie is so focused on her all the time. You don't need to show all these grand backgrounds, right? So it's very tight, very tight, very tight, very tight, or out of focus. And it has a couple of shots that are really big and beautiful, but I would never have thought below 40. Jesus Christ. 22. Incredible. Yeah, that's yeah. great filmmaking for 22. That is ins- I, I can't even believe it's insane filmmaking for 22. Yeah, but that's really great. It shows what a director is for 22 oh, that million. Is, that is like heart-stoppingly. I was just like, holy Jesus Christ, this guy's better than I thought that he was. Yeah, that's, that's brilliant. It. Yeah, that's incredible. That's utterly incredible. No wonder they let it got away with it. Now, honestly, yeah. no wonder they got away with it. Yeah. What do you mean? Because, you're right. because for that's 22 million, he can do whatever the hell yeah, he wants. It doesn't make it. We're going to make that much money in subscription stuff just whatever. because people Yeah, you've got a point there that they're just like, yeah. Do whatever you want. We're not going to yeah. send it. If, if it was sixty or eighty million, they, they would not. Set, they would, yeah. There'd have been a little, a few more executives. Right? Maybe but we that's shouldn't why be looking also, up for Regina. Yes. Getting, getting <laughs> somebody, getting somebody to a higher end actor, mm-hmm. they would have charged more. Oh sure, like Anadarmus yeah. after this can charge. Fifteen million dollars more. I don't yes. think so. I don't think so. I think people are going to have. I think this they is going to be hard on her career. Yeah, it's a hard one, man. I agree. I agree. I, 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 I think, think so. she. But I don't. Uh, I, I think it, and I think that's a shame because her performance is so good. I know. But but you know, it's the same thing. Like now, think about what we've just talked about. This director now has done two films that no one's going to see. Three, three films. Three films. Sorry. Three films. <laughs> like, people didn't see his first one, which is great, called Chopper, Chopper, but it was also a very small budget. So nobody saw Chopper, but that's excusable. But nobody saw Jesse James, which we all agree is one of the best Chopper's films. Of the best films. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and nobody saw Killing Them Softly. And everyone hated Killing Them Softly for at least 10 years. And the entire time I was going, it's great. It's I know. Great. He's friends with <laughs> Nick Cave. Yeah. And he, Nick is, I just got his new book, um, mm. literally, I bought 2K books today. But the point is, he doesn't give a shit. He's a great artist, and yep. he's making cool stuff, and this that's is it, it, man. This is it. I mean, like, this is, like like I said, like, this is not, this, this is not. And his peers play. respect him, <laughs> and he's got a body of work. And yeah. you know who produced it is Plan B. That's Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt is yes. Brad Pitt is yep. uh, definitely produced it. So he's yep. buddies with Brad Pitt. Yeah. Yep. So, and, uh, and, and Brad Pitt recognizes awesome. art for sure. Yeah. He's, a, he's yeah. an excellent. Producer. Oh, he's amazing. Yeah. He's one. Of, he's one of the great producers. He's one of the great producers. And right. and I saw and I he lives saw... in Jimi Hendrix's old houses. <laughs> nice. Up um, in up, up uh, by the Celebrity Center up there. The Celebrity Center. And uh, do you and, know where the Celebrity Center is? You go yeah, up just the, the hill. Yeah. 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 For those of you who don't know the Celebrity Center is, it's it's Scientology, the Scientology yeah. headquarters or yes, one of their uh, headquarters. Okay. I've uh, been to a wedding there. It's beautiful inside. Oh, they yeah. do. Uh, Just like don't as, touch the as, e-meter. As, cultful, <laughs> as, as cultish and horrible and uh, and uh, money fleecing as, uh, it, as as it allegedly is. Nope, nope, nope. <laughs> That's not where the microphone goes. Oh, sorry. Here, there, there we go. You said, um, you, it, it's a side fire microphone. Just yeah, so you yeah, know. I'll figure it out. So yeah. the uh, like, yeah, like Scientology is allegedly. A giant scam. So the uh, the you would want to ha- hate them, except they do an incredible job restoring all the Hollywood buildings. And so everyone in Hollywood's just like, God damn, that's a gorgeous building. And it's because the Scientologists have paid to keep it restored and looking beautiful. Right. And that's yeah. how they keep the celebrities. That's how they get you. <laughs> well, okay. here's the story. Oh, well. Yeah. The story but, about that is because in the 80s, a lot of stuff was going south in terms yeah, of the Yeah, they could buy it cheap. You buy it and up. Do you know who the big buyers were in the 80s? 
was the uh, Church of Scientology and mm-hmm. the Queen of England's fund, trust oh, fund. Oh, interesting. interesting. So big property owners in yep. um, Los Angeles. Yep. That's wild. That's wild. But yes, uh, 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 Brad Pitt, a, uh, he, if you look him up just as a producer, his producing credits on IMDb, like he would never, like if he never acted, he is responsible for at least a dozen of my favorite films. Yeah, the guy is just incredible taste, incredible taste. Um, and I believe that Fincher was associated with this as well. I think he, at least he's in the thanks. So, and like uh, there, are, there are moments when I'm like, this is sort of an alternate universe, Mank. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's a it's it's a Mank crossover uh, in in Avengers terms. Okay, so so after that scene. Mm-hmm. By the way, this movie is about three hours, and at this point, I've, I've actually write as I'm starting to write down this this stuff chronologically. We're about an hour and seven minutes into this movie, so yeah, we're, the, we're, we're until roughly, we meet Joe DiMaggio, right? And her, yeah, we're, scene, we're roughly at the midpoint of the movie. She she uh, she has her first date with Joe DiMaggio, right? Yes. And that's one of the scenes. And so, how did you get your start? Right, it was one of the first. Yes, things. I guess I was discovered. I guess yeah. I was discovered. Right, right, and so and of course, like she is flashing back to I. Discovery. I guess I was discovered. And oh, by the way, there's, yeah, there's a flashback scene with literally her being raped. <laughs> yes, exactly. Like, that's how I was discovered. Like, in the, yeah, I was discovered. Yeah. And so, like, and DiMaggio, like, no, it's not a, it's not a very positive vision of DiMaggio, but or just Arthur Miller. Knucklehead. he's just yeah, a fucking just a meathead. Knuckle. He's just yeah. a meathead. But Sports he guy. is, he is obviously as much of a victim of the way fame distorts her life as anybody. Right. And he looks at her. As like the reason why he falls in love with her is because like he falls in love with the Marilyn that is the uh, it, just with the total beauty and classicism and like Aphrodite, Aphrodite. Exactly. Exactly. He wants a relationship probably with his mother. And this is the ideal vision of that. You know, right. He doesn't see her for who she is or anything she's saying. She, he is like he is making up a story that matches. So I think that he is represented uh, like as but they're both doing that too they're both right? doing that so so he looked at her as this complete vision right mm-hmm. statue mm-hmm. practically someone something that is worshipped by others but now he possesses yes. right uh and he also looks at her as uh innocent and frail which she does herself because she wants a father figure to protect her yes. or yeah. and then she so he she she calls him daddy all the time mm-hmm. and right. literally says, you, you uh, know, talks about the father. And then he wants to protect her. That's the male thing. Like, I'm yes. going to protect you from your. You tell them I will your save you. said so. Right. Yeah. This kind of shit. You know, yeah, After I, he just fucking smacked her in the face. Right. Like walks in, smacks her in the face for, for having this because the, the twins try to extort him with nude photographs of, of her. Right. And, right. she, and he is so incensed that he run, walks in the house, just smacks her across the, across the face. She's like, topless and right. she immediately starts apologizing for the house yeah. being in disrepair just like oh it's clumped i don't know how it got this way daddy i'm so sorry and it's a fucking Jeez. it's a horror it's a horrifying so scene. Sad. right like it's so it's like it's like she is retracted into the most minimal uh childlike vision of herself to protect herself 
right? And he's stepping into his fantasy of being the protective male. And you know, you tell them that your husband says you're not going to do that movie. This kind of stuff, right? And, and it goes straight I into. Bet she still did though. <laughs> yeah. good. What what movie does it get into right from there? It's a uh, gentleman from gentlemen prefer blonde. No, 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 no. Diamonds are a girl. Diamonds are a girl's best friend. That's right. Diamonds are a girl's. Yes, it's like right. it, it goes it, immediately it, from this whole yeah. scene of like nope materialism. <laughs> it's like. Yay! Yes, yes, it is. Right. It's fucking wild, dude. It's and wild. it's amazing, like right. just how that 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 transition happens. Yeah. And this, they, like, they do it quite often. Here comes Marilyn. <laughs> by the way, another thing that they do quite a bit. Okay, so a couple things to note, right? The transitions they have scenes in the movies that she's in, and she is in those movies. Mm-hmm. And I've been paying, I paid close attention because I'm like, I can't tell if that's the real Marilyn or no not idea. the real Marilyn. And there's only her. Only her. And the only reason that I know that mm-hmm. is because her bust line was much smaller than the real Marilyn. Than, Mar- than actual Marilyn. Right. So when I was like, is that the real one? It's like, that's smaller boobs. That's yeah, that's, definitely that's, that's the giveaway. But for, the, the, for, the, for the rest of the production, that's, how that's horrible. Was that? Like, you're such like, a man. What? I am. That's and I am the guy with the distorted face, dude. This is this is what I'm telling me. you. <laughs> yes, you are. I'm the yes, old guy are. who puts her hand on her knee. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. dude. Yeah, like, but it's true. I'm, I'm Mr. Z in the office. <laughs> was, dude, so nasty. I'm actually trying to be. I'm actually trying to be a little bit more pointed about it. I'm sorry that I had to say that. That's what it what that allowed me to do. It. But it, it's really hard to distinguish her from the real Marilyn. In those scenes oh, because absolutely. she is so I don't freaking know, good. The I don't know what compositing is really good. I don't yeah. know if they the did. Compositing is really, it's really good. Unbelievably yeah. good. It's and stunning. to the point where I'm like, what the am I and her acting is like that's exactly how she yeah. was in that movie. When, you know, when she cl- especially when she closes her eyes, when she when she's singing in black and white and she's up at the microphone and she's like doing this, like she yeah. looks exactly like Monroe. Like it's like it's really freaky for a moment. Like she just becomes so visually exactly like Monroe and my reaction to it was fear <laughs> like it's like she's being subsumed by Marilyn like she's being she's being so completely Marilyn Marilyn she's, she's so so good I yep. have gained respect for that actress because I you know I thought she was I, I kind of liked her in uh, I I thought she was great in Blade Runner 2049 perfect yep I I thought she was an entertaining person in Knives Out as well. Yep, she's the best part of the movie for me. She's, she's the best part of the movie, but you know, it's at the same time, it's like it's it wasn't necessarily a challenging role, yeah. but she was very good in it. Right? It's easy swing, but it's still, still easy swing. Easy yeah. swing. Like, yeah. My 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 I favorite. Love the way you pull out the Maggio. My, <laughs> <sports> <laughs> the right. hey, yeah. She's an easy swing. Yeah, he was just, an easy you know swing with Marilyn, you know by the but way. she knocked it out of the park. <laughs> she just. Uh, no, I'm sorry. I knocked her out of the park. Yeah. But the, my favorite thing in in, uh, in Knives Out is the last scene where she has the mug. Oh, with the like, cup. That's like the that's the whole like, of that movie. Get out of my house. <laughs> yeah, like that's so fucking. That, like I'm not a huge Knives Out fan, but she her yeah. plot. Oh, well, Lily it's, it's loves a, Knives Out. Yeah. She's a, like, like that's her go to comfort movie. <laughs> I, I think I think it's a good fun movie. It doesn't get for me. Like it doesn't really hit until she becomes really more involved as a central character. Right. Then I'm like, okay, now I'm on board. All the other characters are fine they're fine and i like what's his face doing this bad accent is funny um but i'm looking forward to glass onion i bet that's going to be good it looks like it's yeah gonna, i'm excited to see glass yeah, onion. That should yeah. be good. it looks yeah, like yeah. it looks like it's uh, doing a riff on i may be wrong on um uh, the last of sheila uh which is a pretty rare mystery movie to be 
referencing, but I really love Last of Sheila, and so that's kind of cool. Um, but anyway, yes. So like she, like she, like the moment, like she, it instantly goes. Diamonds are a girl's best friend, right? Like it's like a slap in the face, and then Dimaggio. Like out of that, you have uh, uh, what's the? Uh, whoa, whoa, whoa! There's just one important line that she says. Yes, I think it's right after that. She goes. For this, you killed your baby. For this, you killed your baby. Yeah, what was that? That was your like microphone really again, powerful. Like, your microphone. Yep, sorry. <laughs> yep. Yep. Don't, move your, don't move you. Move the mic because you keep you moving yourself. Go. There yeah. you go. All right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So the like the, for this you killed because she's in this giant fucking auditorium. Everyone stands up in this great big beautiful shot. Everyone's applauding, and she's trying to smile and like her like this is what she's always wanted, right? And then she says to herself, "For this, you killed your baby." And which which if you, if you replace the word baby with self. Then this—that's what this movie. Is. Yes, yeah. For this, you and I listen. I am listen. I'm not trying. Uh, politically speaking, I can understand how it's very hard to think about this sure. uh, as. But the point is, you know, those choices, those choices that have been that are made by by women for those things are extremely strong, powerful choices that it's yeah, can't be taken lightly. Choices. Yeah, exactly. They're and I know that I'm saying this choices. as a man and this is not appropriate for me to think about, but these are choices that are very hard to make. And I think right. that this film kind of points out some of the tough choices that Marilyn had to make. Mm-hmm. And it's hurt. But the fact is what I think this film is saying even more strongly is that she didn't even have the opportunity to have that choice. Yes. She wasn't given that choice. Right. Yeah. Because right. The, the, the they were given pregnancies that she loses. She doesn't choose. She doesn't choose those. That's choices. Right. Yeah. right. And so I think the Just choice, like she's like, I want to leave Hollywood and do this. Everything she said she wanted to do. She never did. Yeah. 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 And so, the, um, and, and so the movie is like, she tries, she tries to find, a safe harbor essentially in say DiMaggio. Like here's someone who is also trapped by Fang and maybe we can, he's a father too. He's a, fa- he's, like he's, a, a, he's father a father figure, me. you know, just like she's always like the fantasy father from the beginning. And it's like, <laughs> daddy issues are real things. Just like, daddy, daddy, are. Yeah, yeah. like these are real things for people. And, right. uh, and she, and she is, she's absolutely destroyed by this need and she'll, you know, perform in whatever way she needs to, to secure it. And he is fitting into this, like, well, I will perform this way now because you're giving me the excuse to act like a big fucking gorilla, you right. know? And cause that's what makes me feel like a man and all this kind of jazz. Right. And of course, like it, like her success is something that he cannot handle at all. Like her meaning Marilyn's success, even as far as she is saying, that's not me. doesn't make any difference. Right. You know, like he is saying nobody, like he is saying, nobody uh, who is like looking up your dress cares about you, and it's and he's right, you know. He's yeah, absolutely but he was right. old school Italian, and it was absolutely. like respect and like yes. the man, like she he, was property. He is right. and He couldn't. Control he is telling her. himself a story about her that has nothing to, nothing do, with to do with her, and that's right. the whole. That's a big part of the narrative. I wanted yeah. to talk about that. Now I do. It's, there's a couple of really good, important points about this because one, he uh, he proposes to her. Right mm-hmm. oh. now, and we mentioned before the constant the the aspect ratios constantly change. As he proposes to her, the walls okay. squish in, <laughs> like yeah, oh. to the, a different aspect so ratio. Now, so, do you, so that one is an obvious one, but I'm wondering because you know you think oh it goes from black and white to color or from color to black and Budget. white. This is changing constantly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do we know? 
Do you know? I, I, I was honestly, trying to figure out the logic of when. Yeah, it, I, I, I honestly like. think he was an artist with a palette. I think they. Should, I saw some behind the scenes stuff which I had shared with you guys earlier this week. Yeah, I yeah, think yeah. he shot and really just kind of montaged and created this mood and story. And with the budget that low, he probably just had free reign to do whatever he wanted. Yeah, I think. No, I, was, but I was trying to think, think of them, if, there, if there was an actual logic yeah, between. I think. No, I think there was, he was well, just going by mood, or like, I, yeah, well, and probably I think, sitting with flame guys. Just going, let's do there's this. There's an emotional like. I think that there's an emotional um, uh, idea behind the choices for like, there's an emotional consistency behind those choices. Uh, It's not super literal, but it is because he needs to create a particular, like, especially like all the black and white stuff, like is there's a lot of it when she's on set, you know, and she's like, and so like, you're seeing these very, like, it's very, it makes everything very, uh, uh, romantic, but very, very harsh, you know, uh, and very isolated. Like she's always off on a little island of light and stuff like this. Can and then I there's the stuff in the, and then there's the stuff in the end, like where it's like everything is full of light all the time and very narrow focus, that kind of stuff. Could, Go ahead. Could, I, yeah. could it be for the exterior stuff, not only to give a sense of the period, but when you're shooting like that with a budget like that exteriors, it's just set up some lights. You can real high contrast and, you know, with the way the cameras are shooting now with light, mm-hmm. just get something really gritty and cool and it will pass. Right. Oh, yeah, I think it helps for-, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Like yeah. The, the great shot of uh, when they drive up so to cheap, see her, like, the, seeing the, like the giant uh, uh, 50 foot Marilyn sequence is like, it's gorgeous. Yes. You know? And it's also symbolic. You know, it's like very symbolic woman, you know. Um, right. So, so, so let's just, so Dimaggio proposes her, she gets married, which transitions, he calls, calls him daddy, transitions to that movie. Now, do you guys remember what that movie is? That mm-hmm. movie's the seven year itch, right? Yep. Which right. is specifically, for those of you who don't know what the metaphor is, because you may be a little young, seven year itch is that in the 50s, there was this concept that after you've been married for seven years, you have an itch to fuck around, have fuck around and have yeah. a, you know, an affair. Right? right. And so she the, the, the story of the seven year itch is this guy who is married for seven years and then runs into Maryland and tempts him to. Right have an affair at which point she walks over a uh, 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 subway great yep. and her dress goes up at which point when they do that scene in the movie, just like it's happening in a movie. And as it goes up, this massive audience of men appears in front so of them. Cool. Yeah. Oh, like God. this incredible so transition where it's like my dress is going up and then a thousand men leering at her. Yep flash bulbs going off yep. everywhere just like this is the event like the yeah. freaking you know uh, uh moon landing is yeah, happening exactly. right like it's, it's all like this lascivious wall of yeah, it's it like this, this this male gaze yeah. at such an extreme and it's just brought over and over and like slow motion constantly yeah. happening in front of you like really look at the leering nature of this yep. with this very beautiful, dramatic music kind of cake, right. right? Like, oh, and the, and the camera's ooh. super low and looking at her, and she looks exactly like the fifty-foot tall woman structure that she was that she saw right. in before. Like this, right. is, like this is the, this is the creature, Marilyn. Yes. This is the monster, Marilyn. Like here it is, live and yeah, and might as well be the, the attack of the fifty-foot woman. In fact. Exactly, exactly. Uh, and so and, it's a very, very. Now, I don't remember if this was it or if it was in another premiere. I think there's another premiere where things get even weirder. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so it's the other premiere. Okay, so that is sort of the symbolism of like that's the end of her relationship with Dimaggio because she is out. He can't control her anymore. She's not the you know Marilyn. Marilyn defeats Dimaggio. 
right. Yeah. Mar- Marilyn the Construct. Go deep. Yep. Yeah, that's it. He's out. He's wow. out. Yeah. And then her response to this is, I... I want to be her response to the movie, right? To uh, seven year itch is she wants to be a legitimate actor. Like she doesn't right. want to be, Mar- she doesn't want to be Marilyn. She wants to be, she wants to go to New York and study. Right. Yeah. You know? And so she does this uh, and you see her in uh, 51, you see her uh, acting on a small stage and doing a reading with other right. actors of uh, a Magda. play by Arthur Miller. Right. And, uh, and Arthur Miller is in the audience and Arthur Miller is like Marilyn Monroe. That's not my Anna. That's not, no, fuck Magdalena this. Magdalena or whatever. Yeah. That's not Magda. my Magda. Yeah, not my Magda. And he's like, fuck, fuck this. And he, like, he goes out and has a drink with her or whatever. And he is instant, like, he is obviously, like, he's one of the great playwrights of all time. And so he is this tremendously intellectual person and like you know it's the opposite of film it's of what especially the films that she is in right and so like this is the the truthful environment she wants to be in she's like i'm meeting arthur fucking miller and he is going to understand me because i have these observations about the deep things that he said in his play and she says here are the deep things I observed in your play. And it seems like you've been inspired by Chekhov and Chekhov is very meaningful to me. And I'd like that. And, and he's he like, distrusted her first. Yeah. he's like, you fucking read Chekhov. Don't lie to me. Who told you this? And like, you get, he gets conspiratorial. Does it fucking, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Kazan. Uh, Kazan. You know, was it Kazan? Did Kazan tell you to tell you to say that about uh, my references to Chekhov? And she's like, no, I read the play. <laughs> like I thought of these things myself. And he's like, sure, I guess so. And then, she says, no, but it's for real because like you have like Magda, you know, um, uh, reads the letter, but Magda can't read. So she must be making this up just to make him feel better. And right. he has a fucking breakdown. He didn't realize yeah. this about his own fucking work, right. you know, and in, immediately it's just like with DiMaggio. It's just like for a moment he sees who she is and then immediately transposes his story onto her. She's like, good, I can project my story onto you. And he goes right. like, you're my Magda. Yes. Can I call you my Magna? Right. And you're like, great. Great. (laughs) Here we go again. (laughs) You know, like she can't be, she, like, she's constantly searching for someone uh, who will uh, recognize her for herself. And no one will do that. Like people do not recognize the person inside her, like no matter what. And even this kind, uh, incredibly talented, very smart writer He's got his own fucking problems and he projects onto her just like DiMaggio did. And then she projects onto him. Well, on top of that, on top of that, they do sort of a little montage of their lives together, Mm -hmm. which feels like an Instagram story. Absolutely. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, oh, God. <laughs> yeah, you know what like, I mean? It's just like, uh, and they're all smiling and doing yeah, this. Exactly. And they're like living in the countryside and by the seaside or wherever they are, you know, completely fucked um, Oh, uh, and I just want to come in really quick. Dave 3D says, Dominic's reasons for color and versus black and white and blonde, quote, everything is based on images that already exist in the imagination. Some in color, yeah. others in black and white. So if we base a sequence on black and white photograph of a certain format, we record that scene in that format. Uh, if it's in color, we do it in color. If there's no re- trace, if there's no reference, we shoot widescreen. Uh, we shoot widescreen or something. So like he is sticking to the idea that this is this story is constructed out of imagery that you are already already know familiar with. We talked right. about that earlier. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I think you did. That's really awesome. I did not seen that quote. That's okay. Great. 
Uh, all right, so and it does help the budget because twenty two million. That's great. Is sure, that's crazy. fucking. That's one of the greatest feats of filmmaking I've heard in. It years. is though. When you hear that, and you're like, Stop. what? I thought I that this movie. When you say something looks like a million bucks, this looks like a fucking million bucks. That this is one of the best looking movies in the past twenty five years. Yeah. Uh, at which point there's a no- miscarriage, right? Yes, she, yeah, she has a miscarriage on the beach with because like he is trying to get her to come down to the beach and socialize with his friends, like right, become be part of my world now, you know, and so she's going to play the hostess, she's going to play the role of the hostess and bring sandwiches and drinks and all this stuff, you know, and on her way she trips with carrying all the shit on the beach and she has a miscarriage because of the fall, right. And, uh, and it's another one of these beautiful moments where it's just like the imagery is so it's both really garish and really gorgeous simultaneously. Cause she's wearing this like rose print dress and she falls and like one of the roses just gets redder and redder and redder and redder and spreads and spreads and spreads. Right. And like if in the hands of any other lesser filmmaker, that wouldn't work at all. It'd be too far. Um, but he makes it so personal and beautiful and strange that it, it works perfectly. It fits the Marilyn ideal. Like the tone, the tone of the, of the work is always in tune with her. He's not trying to force her into his tone. He's trying to meet her in the image that we know of her as they've, as they've put that. Yeah, it's really, really incredible. So yes, uh, another miscarriage. Um, and, <clears throat> and this sets her off down the path of uh, trying to numb herself out. She's like, so this, this also does, you know, a bunch of photographs as well. This is the scene where, and, and they, she does the song, I want to be loved by you right at that mm-hmm. moment. Right? right. So, um, wait, is that, is that yeah. Okay. So just yeah. a, some like it hot scene, right? Yes. Yeah. And she, and she loses her mind, boop, boop, be-doop, you know, yeah. and that's the song that she sends in some like it hot, at which point she, in the middle of the line, she loses her mind. They drug her up real good. Oh, one of the most fucking brutal ones. That, that was she, the, scene that upset me when like getting injected in the neck and she's like sweating oh and god, the camera's dude. like stuck to her. Just so like, crazy. Oh my god. It's it's fucking horrifying. Yeah. It's so horrifying. But like again, and there's a, there's an incredible shot. It's so it's just a it's just a brilliant way to capture this emotion. It's like she like is like spaced this might be on the plane, I'm not sure, but anyway, like it's in this in this section where right. she sort of passes out. The camera is directly attached to her uh, this body. is on the plane thing. Is this in the plane? And yeah. like the camera falls sideways with. Her. Oh no! This was this. This was this was right. So this is uh, this is specifically. You're right. After that, that or the something like a hot, they inject her. She falls and bounces back up into yeah. her house. It's like it's like the Instagram things where you see it's like really someone. Uh, I slowed through yeah. that. And yeah. it's, it's not. It's really creative shot because it's not so out of. It feels like it slowly. It, it's it like, feels oh, like she yeah, falls over and then springs back up on the other side of the screen. It's like it's yeah. so disorienting, and it's just a beautiful edit. And it's like it's like my my love of Dominic is that he not only understands the emotions for the actors, he understands how the visuals are going to produce emotions for you. You know, like he's like he's going to disorient you, which is going to connect you to her performance. Right. Like yeah. he's not just filming her being sad. Like he is going to replicate this as a physical event for you, right? Uh, and it just it gets fucking completely overwhelming. And then right. she she walks into her house and she she this is after she crashed her car, I think. Yeah, right? or another right? great thing. So she crashed her car and she's walking to the house 
and she opens the door and this guy's face is all blurred. Yeah. And it's like, he's like, That's she great. says, who are you? He goes, I'm your husband. <laughs> I'm your husband. Yeah. And you yeah. realize it's actually Arthur Miller, but yeah. to her perspective, he's just yeah. a, a blur. And, and to, and to, and to like the subview, like I said, she crashes her car when she's driving and she's completely drunk, fucked up on drugs and everything. Like driving like all over the place. And she's looking out the window and just seeing family after family go by and saying like that man. Is oh yeah. Father, that's my, that, that man, my father. That, that man's my father. father. That man's my father. And then he fucking, then she drives up, smashes the car and then goes into the house and the, like she can't see who her husband is. Right. So like, you know, that like the one thing that she attaches to her relationships is that she wants father figures. And now he is not, he's not, he's not the father figure. And then, <laughs> exactly. and then do one thing I want to remember is like in the very beginning of the film, the mother says, we were so poor. You slept in a drawer, right? You slept and that, in which, a drawer. Right. Yes. And so, uh, she puts, you know, she's remember she's had an, uh, an abortion and a miscarriage at this point. And so the phone starts ringing. She doesn't want to talk on the phone. She takes the phone, she stuffs it in the drawer, close it. And as every time the phone rings, it makes the sound of a baby crying instead yep. of the phone. Yep, it's so nuts. It's and it was like, man. Oh, yeah, because like, and then and when the opening, it's one of my favorite shots. It's like you see, because it's always showing the point of view of the little girl, like of the self, right? It's always of the of the self that wants to be born, right? And uh, and the mother's saying, "Do you know what happened with the, who used to sleep in this drawer?" Right? And you're seeing the camera's inside the drawer, looking up at the mother. You know who right. used to sleep in this drawer? You did. You did. You did. She's saying, right? You don't see Norma Jean in the shot. Like right. it's telling you, you used to sleep in this drawer, in this drawer. And right. then, uh, and then it closes the drawer on you with you in the drawer. Like you go <laughs> and you slide back into the fucking cabinet. Like, right. it, and you're just like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> you know? So right. by the time the phone is ringing and the baby is crying and you're looking at the drawer, you're like, I've been there. <laughs> I've literally been there. I am yep. the baby in the drawer. Yeah. It's fucking wild. Dude. It's, I can't even believe that he pulls this stuff off. It's like, it's so, it's so deft and so beautiful all the time. Like he's like carries the emotions from one scene to the next over and over again. Really, yeah. really incredible. But yeah, so like she is like she is now highly dependent on pills, uh, drinking all the time, starting to talk out loud to herself. Yeah, g- g- uh, guys, keep talking. Give me two minutes. I got. I'll be right back. Yeah, you right, keep talking. Are you going to go get a barbiturate uh, yeah. injection <laughs> exactly. in the neck? <laughs> right. Exactly. Camera's going to follow you. Uh, yeah, I'm, oh God, I'm like watching this movie multiple times now. Like I'm, I, it's I, so brilliant, dude. And the fact that so many people hate it and can't see it as an interpretation or art, I know. it's nuts, I know. dude. It's like, I try, I mean, I try not to get mad about it. I don't, I try, I try not to have mad arguments with people. I try to get them on my side with it. Right. I understand that it's a fucking hard watch. I understand it's a really painful movie, but that doesn't make the movie bad. Like I know it's painful. That's the idea of the movie. It's trying to connect you with some very painful feelings. Um, but it's not exploiting Marilyn. It's connecting with you. That's the whole idea. Yeah. You know, it's unearthing these feelings that are yours. That's why it's overwhelming. And people don't know what to do with that. They're like, I'm I'm feeling these terrible feelings and I need someone to blame. You know. Yeah, they, but it really shows that. where people are culturally. They're just not into well, that's, I mean, that's why I think the movie is really important. And like when people yeah. look back on this movie, they'll see it as like, this is a really interesting object, cultural object, because it was, it was shredded and kicked to the side when actually it speaks very strongly to the experiences of the, of the people who were watching it at that time. And that's why it's upsetting, you know? And I think that this is a, like, like I said, after, you know, I watched it, uh, 
a bunch of times now. I've talked about it with Anne over and over again. Like I couldn't stop talking about it for a full week. And uh, I finally said, I was just like, this is the apocalypse now of biopics. <laughs> like you just can't, it's just like, <laughs> like it's so fucking overwhelming that you don't, it's, it's hard to know what to do with it. Like it's so, it's so beautiful and says so much and it's so intense you know that even with apocalypse now like from like everyone when apocalypse now came out it was a little more kindly received um but even then they're like well the last third is terrible and you know he just goes off the rails i'm just like i think by that point your fucking jug was just full like that's just where it is the movie is like it's such an an emotional and visual assault like it makes like i said before it's like it makes the visuals the emotions and then the emotion then the visuals are fucking out of this world and very upsetting it's like plugs you know, right in. I would almost suggest for people if if they're nervous about going into it, it's almost watch it um, with the sound off. Oh yeah, because, yeah. But actually, that's a great idea. That's, that's a, great a good idea. idea. Yeah, that's a brilliant because idea. you're going to still look at every frame as like a yeah. painting. Give yourself. I love Nick Cave, but yeah. I mean, the oh, music is beautiful. Music is yeah. beautiful. But yeah, I mean, like I, I think that's that's like so. I have to. I try to have like empathy with people that are that have reacted negatively to the movie where i have where i get where i get frustrated right is with actual film reviewers uh like the new yorker and other people that shredded it and the reviews are so thoughtless and shallow and self-serving and they have no interest in trying to understand the film they only want to be proud of themselves for destroying it i'm like yeah but that's how that isn't that thing, everything yeah. in social media today. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's easier. It's safer. It's safer. The, uh, every social media feed when they're trying to, they're like, look what I did to Donald Trump. Look yeah. what I did to I just, I, I look know, Republicans or, or Democrats or libtards or whatever yeah, they want to call whatever. each other. I mean, it's like if you look at any like 90% of um, movie stuff on movie uh, stuff on YouTube is just like, look at how stupid this classic movie is. And here's all the things that are wrong with it, like for hours, literally hours. And this is what dominates discourse. I'm just like, you can't protect yourself from emotion by saying something is stupid. You can't. You think you can. You can't. Like what you're doing is fucking short. Like you're selling yourself short and denying yourself the thing that you actually need. Like embrace what the experience is. Stop trying to like keep a distance from uh, things that are important to you. Otherwise everything becomes meaningless. And so you get shit like, uh, you know, like uh, cinema sins, you know, which is extremely popular where they just literally go through, they clip through a movie really fast and they tell you everything that's stupid about it. Here's the 175 stupid things about casino. Like, what the fuck is the point of this? Don't watch it if you don't fucking like it. Who cares? Or if you if you don't think it's good, then try to talk about it in a way that I can see why you think so and understand it, yet you're not assaulting me with your opinion is better than mine. Like, yeah. try to t- talk to me about what you're feeling about it, then it's good. I mean, there's plenty of fucking great reviewers um, like oh, they when we used to have great reviewers, like Pauline Kale, for instance, who I have plenty of problems with in all sorts of ways. But like, she was a great reviewer, and great writer. She would hate a movie that I love, but I never, I would still read these things and be, I would, I would learn more from the movie, learn more from her review about how I love the movie. 
Like I would say, like that's a really good point. I think Marini keeps saying that we're that like algorithms are writing reviews right now, and I, Marini, I I agree with you, but it's not specifically algorithms. It's people that are trying to uh, get as much uh, SEO. SEO is the killer. Yes. Yes. Right. Which is search engine optimization for those of you who don't know. So it's literally you're trying to find the keywords that make things work so that uh, you get on a higher percentage yeah. on the YouTube search. Right. And there's ways to do that. One is we all know that negative gets better clicks than positive. Yeah. Rage clicking, you know, at the very least, you know, it's right. like, uh, the, like the, like I was actually, and if you'd like a movie, by the way, if you like a movie and you want to write a review about how you like it, you have to make it negative about the people who don't like it. Yeah. You have to destroy those people. Right. Right. Which is what I'm saying with uh, like with people that uh, were just like, I can't watch Blonde or that was too much for me or they're angry at the movie or they're like, oh, I was trash. And I don't even think about it. Like, I totally empathize with that. I don't agree with it, but I totally get it. It's not like I'm saying it's not that bad. Like, holy fuck, it's bad. Of course, it like you don't want to see it. It's like I'm recommending you be in a car crash. Like, don't do that. <laughs> like it's not, you're not wrong to not want to experience that. that Listen, and this is sense. kind of what I was trying to say. I wasn't saying that it's a bad movie, but I right. do say that, that sometimes it feels like too much escargot. <laughs> oh, no, I totally feel you, man. I mean, like, it's like, I, you know, it's just like, a lot to digest in a, a three lot. hour period. Yeah, it's, it's so, like, and it's like, because uh, you, right. you feel the dread. The dread it's, is yeah, real. Yeah. Now, I, listen, I like a good sad movie. I like to cry. Yeah, but, not, but not this, this is harder than crying. <laughs> not not like this. Not, not like, like this. This, this you know, <laughs> totally. this this Manchester by the Sea is a much more relaxing film compared to this. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And that's the thing is like it comes to the realm of like I love I love movies so so much that uh that I will watch movies that I literally would say, I, I'll tell people not to watch them. Like, I'll be like, don't watch, don't fucking watch that. That's you're crazy to watch that stuff. It's like people with hot sauce. If you really like hot sauce, you're like, Oh, it's fucking great. Don't actually eat that. It's going to, it's going to send you to the hospital. <laughs> like, like I, I, it's, it's the way that I think so, so thoroughly that my, my level of openness to be abused is unreal, un, unreasonably high. Right. Um, and, and for the three of us, like we love movies, like super duper, but even for me, like, like this is like, you get to the last third of that movie and it's like, oh my God, <laughs> like we're way past, like you're saying the Manchester by the sea point. Yeah. Like, yeah. Okay. So I want to bring up, I, wanna, I do want to, <clears throat> I do want to bring up a point that cause Ron, <laughs> Ron makes a very good point. So Ron in our chat says, uh, nothing, uh, nothing that a man directed this. I recall the end of Thomas Dolby's song, also a man airhead saying it was not us that made her. It was men that made her that way. Right. Still is troubling to me that a man, uh, that men are so into this movie and men are so into Marilyn. And I'm curious about uh, JCO, who wrote the, the 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 book, thinks about the adaptation. Though hers are uh, those hers is the uh, actual story as written by a woman. Uh, I can't really answer that right now. She thinks it's a great work of art. She thinks it's a great work of art, and she thinks she also said it's an amazing adaptation, and it's not for yeah. everyone. 
Yeah. She said it's not for everyone. And I well, think that's the case. Right? I think that like, like what, 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 uh, and I don't think men should be villainized for liking this film because men yeah. like it. Well, but to, to be, to be simple, like to be, uh, it's not what men. It's, by the way, it's not men. It's artists. Yeah. An artist took a piece of work from another artist yeah. and he interpreted it. I, I agree. I agree. But I also think that Ron does make a point that, majority of women do not like this film even artist women yes i think it's too hard for them to yes. like this film so right especially I, in the in light of roe v wade that happened right, absolutely way this too makes freaking this hard makes, this makes total sense right this makes total sense if we're talking about if we are talking about like movies in general not this specific movie but we're talking about movies in general like then everything they're saying is uh is is generally quite true you know like the male gaze etc like all this stuff is true this specific movie is actually in complete agreement with you and that's what it's trying to say right and it's saying it's the well that it's very triggery in a in a hugely upsetting for way obvious that, reasons for obvious reasons and so like the the thing that i want that what has been really sort of train wrecky for me to read is people uh, shredding this movie saying how this man, you know, how can this man, they make this movie, et cetera, et cetera. I'm like the amount of discrediting of Anna de Armas's artistic value in this process by people who believe they're being feminist is astonishing. She right. is a equal partner in making this movie. She is an equal partner creatively. She is just the visionary that he is right. And between her and Joyce Carol Oates and Andrew Dominic, who happens to be very skilled at being a filmmaker, like extraordinarily skilled. Like we experience this incredible pain. That's very honest. And it hurts so bad that we want someone to blame. They like saying this. they think that she's letting herself be exploited, which is exactly what she's doing yeah, because I mean, she's playing Marilyn. This is what the movie <laughs> is about. Anna de Armas has spoken about this openly. And like, this is not me she like has to speculate that to character. Like she has embraced this for this reason. She wants, she intends to say this in partnership with Dominic. Like she's not a fucking moron. I'm not being angry at you, Bron. <laughs> like I'm just being a, like overall, overall, like people inadvertently treat her exactly the way we treated Marilyn. Like she's a fucking That's idiot. Right, who couldn't possibly have made her own artistic decisions? You know, oh, you like you know Chekhov. Well, yeah, you know. And I'm just like in in trying to fight the good fight for a real reason. You are destroying an actual artist's work. Who you I, want, who yeah who you say you would want to prop up? Oh no, she must have been drugged. Let somehow me ask you this. this. Let me ask you this. Like I saw a lot of this too. I don't know if you guys saw it this way, but it's like. She, there were so many real points in the film where she's like, I'm going to stop. Um, I want that house in Connecticut. I just want to be a mother. And she never pulls through nope. because I always, for me, it was like, yeah, she really loves her drugs. It's like being Marilyn is a drug. And yes. then she gets to get shoot. She shoots up and whatever. Well, and it's, she doesn't it's, know who she, she is. Loves drugs. She yeah. has, she, listen, she does have, she, she has very small moments of lucidity, uh, not just lucidity. Sorry. Of, yeah. of, of, of strong presence. Mm -hmm. 
one, obviously we, you know, we talk about her, her, her actually pulling off the casting where she makes people cry. We talk about mm-hmm. her, uh, the, what she's doing with, uh, you know, with Arthur Miller and her mm-hmm. conversation there. Also, there's another scene where she makes, where she complains about the fact that she's only going to be making 5,000 on the film. And, yeah. and it says the movie's called Gentlemen Prefer Blondes. For I'm God's the sakes. blonde. I'm the blonde <laughs> in the title. I should make a hundred thousand. Jane Mansfield's I, I just want to backtrack so at least there's clarity in what I said. Yeah. She really is a drug addict and oh, she loves the fame and the drugs and that's what drives her. And she doesn't make decisions that would save her. She's yeah, like, well, yeah, actually, absolutely, went. absolutely not. But I, I think I think what's more important to bring it back to what Ron is reflecting back. I mean, Ron has not seen the movie. I should mm-hmm. note that because he said it earlier, but he's reflecting back what he has heard about the movie and not actually seen it. Right. 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 Which is what a lot of people are doing. Yeah, because like, and so they're, they're actually going out there and saying this is exploitative of this. Right. And I've heard yeah. this is right. this. And so therefore, I refuse to see it. Or it's the same thing they say about the Joker is like, this is a blah, 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 yeah. blah. Right. <laughs> And the thing right? is, like, like with with something like the Joker, like I I will look at the Joker and say, like, I like the Joker. It's a pretty good superhero movie. Like, right. I didn't find it very deep or very exciting. Like, I thought the percent performance is good. Its point was a little vague. It's a little bit sloppy, but for a superhero movie, pretty good. Everyone lost their fucking minds. Like everyone right. was uh, like on uh, both sides. So like, oh my god, it's a masterpiece. It's not. Let's not go that far. It's not that great a movie. It's an okay movie. And it's King of, with, King of Comedy is a masterpiece. Yeah, King of Comedy is a fucking masterpiece. Yeah, yes. Like yeah. Joker is not a masterpiece. Joker is a pretty good superhero movie. Right. That's its own thing, right? There's yes. no reason to flip out about it, but what people were flipping out about it is the fact that it stirred up their fears, right? And they don't sure. know how to uh deal with it. Joker irresponsibly doesn't help you because it's not well made enough. Well, I think I think what 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 you know I think what people want right mm-hmm. in a situation like a movie like Marilyn, what they normally want is they want you to say, oh, but she was a powerful woman, she yes. was this and that, right? And therefore, that's how I feel good about Marilyn. As like it that wasn't is, she mistreated, that and is that's what your power fantasy, and that's your fantasy. And then they don't get that, and what they get instead is the actually what happened and how she became that person, which is what you're talking about, Daniel. Mm-hmm. And I think it's very strong, and that's really hard pill to swallow. Which is easier to do, I think, <laughs> mm-hmm. as a man because we can see. It. I I completely agree with you on this, though. right? And I and and, like, and therefore, do I feel guilty is, about that? Of course, I feel guilty about that. I, which is the whole point. Yes, like the the movie does not let uh, just the movie certainly as a as a man, the movie does not let me off the hook at all. At all, I'm very. I'm I'm very much on the hook on this movie, right? And and like, I should and and that was actually very just aware of it. That and it says it very specifically on the on the very next scene that we're we're, we're left off is where it's at the premiere of Some Like It Hot. She's mm-hmm. walking down and is super slow motion of everyone cheering at her and all of these men are looking at her and cheering right. and your mouths are just getting distorted to monsters. huge monstrous yeah. mouths yeah. horrifying yeah. monsters and and, and it she, is and she has to keep her composure She's she has like, to keep her composure as yeah. men are just thinking of all kinds of horrible things about yeah. her it's right? not that you keep her composure she plays she's what, playing a role Right. Yeah, what they want. Yeah, so yeah. She's well, an exactly. This is the, this is the and I feel like what I was trying to say earlier is that she does that because she's an addict. Yeah, this all right. this so, this right. other character exactly. and all the, the drugs. The, it's the, freaking like, good. To combine what both of you're saying, right, is that she is like what what is hard for people to accept in the movie is that she is shown to occasionally make use of her agency 
to make her life better, but is largely shown to uh, uh, be dependent on the drug of Marilyn that she created. And the drugs like, of drugs. And the drugs of drugs. Like well, the drugs, the drugs are the... When Marilyn has let her, left her behind, it's all about the drugs. Yeah, if she doesn't, if she's not Marilyn, then she needs the drugs. She needs the so, drugs. So, so uh, listen, it's just because I have a hard out because of Lily's play. I want to make oh, sure yeah, we yeah. get to some very hard scenes that we have yeah. to get to, right? So the next big scene, which we mentioned earlier, is her plane ride to New York. Right. Yes. right. So her plane ride to New York in this scene is basically she's on the plane and she is taking pills and drinking champagne to make help her mm-hmm. sleep. Right. Mm-hmm. She is falling in and out of sleep, trying to get to the bath, like throw, uh, falling in and out of sleep as she gets. She's asleep. And these are these incredible camera moves. She gets up out of her seat to go throw up in the bathroom as she gets up out of her seat, the camera pans and she's in front of this massive crowd. Uh, it's just a continuous shot, right? Yep. Yep. So, so she's a massive crowd of people as they're cheering for her and she's stumbling to get to the bathroom, right? She's throwing up in the bathroom. She gets out of the bathroom, gets back to her seat, goes back to this huge crowd cheering as she's just completely in this incredible state, goes back to her seat. And this transition is just, Unbelievable! Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's really beautiful, flawlessly done. One of the, one of the great scenes I've seen in years. It's flawless, incredible. Yeah, right. So, and it's really hard to watch. Yeah. At which yeah. point, then she's at the hotel or she's somewhere in New York, and the, the Secret Service come for her. Yeah. She goes, "Am I under arrest? Yeah. Like, come with us. Yeah. Right. And they're basically like. They just carry her around. They they, yeah. they they grab on both arms on her and they drag her like she, and she says, "Am I under arrest?" And then. They're like, you know, the president wants to see you. I don't think they say the president, but we kind of get the idea of what's yeah. happening. And at which point you see that literally her feet are off the ground and she's being dragged. And she says, am I just a piece of meat? <laughs> like, I'm, what am I? I'm a delivery. Like, what is that? Like, what is this? You know, what is this? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so yeah. she arrives at this, you know, suite, hotel suite. And it's filled with Secret Service. Basically, you know, it's 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 JFK, JFK right? right? There's right. tons of people there. Tons right. of people. It's a, yep. this all is these a, dudes just are like sitting around, sitting around, waiting. Their security, their their Secret Service, it's right? So right. crazy. And and then he is JFK in the, his back brace. No, nope. he's in his back brace. Yeah, because he had in bed. horrible. Yeah, he was he, but he was jacked up on drugs a lot too. Yeah, because he hurt his back at PT one hundred and nine. Right, and right. so he was constantly getting. And the same He's, doctor, Dr. Feelgood, oh, who yeah. had a place on Lexington Ave, man. Right. And everyone would just line up and get jabbed. Right. And so, like, he's like he is on the phone. He's, he's on the phone up. being the president. Right. And he is, and the, the guy on the, the other sl- end of the phone is saying, the, like, you sleeping with all these women so publicly. Do you know who that was? No. That was Jagger Hoover. Oh, of course. Makes sense. Yeah, because yeah, makes Jagger sense. hated Bobby and right. he did not like, and they right. hated him because he was gay. So right. they totally were at each other. So he always brought shit like this up, like, well, we don't know what to do. You're so yeah. immoral. And, you know, he would sometimes say, well, you know, I heard about you because he used to, he had a place in the Waldorf. He would just, he, friends would come by and he would dress as a woman. Right. And, um, you know, that was Jagger did that. So yeah. it's totally like. It's him on the phone. Oh and and so, like, these two, like, like, ultra powerful couldn't give a shit less men right know? yeah and, and all powerful. these like all these bored looking dudes in in suits with guns are just filling the scene like they're right. just in every room but i also note that the, he's on the bed but the door is open mm-hmm. and, totally and the door is open, open and the secret service is just literally sitting outside the door 
reading a paper, reading a newspaper as Marilyn Monroe is escorted to sit by him, at which point he barely even acknowledges her and just says, just just start going at it. Get, get get it. Come on, work yeah. it. Give it yeah. Work it. Come on. Just right. just. And he's on the phone. He's like, no, come on, more, more. Right. Keep going. Right. Yeah, come on. Come and on. Right. she's literally that's that's her. Oh, Right. It's heart wrenching. And so, and so the like, and this is obviously a scene for that, right? everybody. Like, she's like, it's like this oral sex scene. The camera is right up on her face. She's got her hand near her mouth like this. And you are watching her do this while you are hearing her thoughts about what she needs to do to get, to get through this. Right. right. And who she needs to like pretend to be. And this is how she has to act and all this kind of jazz. So, this sequence, obviously, upsetting for very obvious reasons. For very obvious reasons. Right. The, the thing, like, it doesn't just let you, it doesn't just do that. It also suddenly pulls back and reveals you're watching this on a movie screen. Oh, right. That's and right. I forgot about that. It makes you that. very aware that you are the one who is watching, watching her do this. Like right. you're like, oh, JFK is such a bad man, right? And then when in the slide, when it goes back into the full frame again, and you're still in the scene now, and you're no, you no longer see the movie theater, but now you're very aware of your own frame. This right. speaking from the point of view of a guy, right? Like I was just like, this is the moment when I was like, this is like when I went to go see Taxi Driver, and right. there's a, I, I, and there's a scene in Taxi Driver where I'd seen Taxi Driver many many times before I saw it in the theater, and when I saw it in the theater, it was. There was a, a scene that it just blew by me before that I didn't understand, but it was chilling when I saw it. Is there's a close up of De Niro's eyes that is full frame and it's way up like this, and he is looking down and sweeping his eyes back and forth, right? And when you're sitting in a movie theater, it, he is looking at you, like he is he is gazing, he is looking at the audience, like all you motherfuckers, right? Right. Or and he's watching them masturbate. Yeah, he is, he, is, he is in the screen looking at you, right? And as soon as I saw, saw that, I was like, oh, this is, this, what I'm seeing here is any number of a billion porn videos on, on the internet. Like, this is a point of view cam uh, that is implicating me right. in making her do this. And, and, and Dave Friedrich says that the scene is also disturbingly from JFK's POV. Yes. That is so a, it's, JFK it's is our POV. You it's are JFK. Our so we are JFK. We are the ones yes. that are, that are putting her in this position. And it's, right. uh, and so, the, and, and when people are like, you know, it's, it's, uh, she's demeaning herself. That's exactly yeah, correct. We are making her do that. That's what we, we are, are making her, her do that. We are forcing her. And to yet do that. we are also hearing her inner thoughts. And so we, in, in the, in the, in the emotional sense, in the, how she's coping with, we this. are feeling what she is feeling as we are doing this to her. Like this is the, that's encapsulates the entire movie. We like, we are the ones who are forcing this to happen because it makes us feel good about ourselves. And then the person that it's happening to is also us. Like this is like, we are being cruel to ourselves constantly in the film, you know, and the movie is sympathetic and empathetic towards the suffering that you have created for yourself in your own life. Like, it's like, I understand, but look at what is happening. This what like, like the movie is very, very gentle and understanding of your pain, your actual pain, because your pain and Marilyn's pain, uh, Norma Jean's pain are the same. Right. Like, but I think, I think the, one of the things that's important and I just sort of 
it's very hard to understand who is this film for? Who is the point of view? It is more of a film for men to realize what they are doing. I, I think that, yeah, well, actually I would say it's split, but uh, yes, it is very, it is very, it is so very, it's a cultural it is, and making icons of people you don't know, cultural I, and making, I, way you, yeah. I agree to, I, with that too, Eric. I do I, agree with yeah, that. I, th- I think, I think it actually has, like it ultimately has a thing to say to everyone. It's most general and most powerful point is not about, uh, the gender of the people it's talking to. It certainly uses tools very heavily against the male viewer. But I think, and, and it, it should. I'm trying to understand how women could see this in any way I other than be offended by it. I can't. Uh, I can't speak for Anne. I watched it with Anne Sam. We all loved it. Uh, but I can tell you that she, like, she said that this was an incredibly. We were we were all crying at the end of the movie. Of course, and. It, uh, it absolutely, and this is just what she said, like this represents, this represents this feeling of desperate loneliness it, it better than many, any other film that she's seen in a long time. Like this is yeah. rep- like, this represents an actual feeling of disassociated, deep sadness because there's nothing like you can, you can blame people in the movie. You can not blame people in the movie, but what the movie is, is sad. Like it is, it is you, it is identifying with you well, in the truth of the sadness. There is, it is, it is another level of sadness though, because like mm-hmm. I said, Manchester by the sea is sad too. But not like <laughs> yeah. this. Yeah. Not like this. Not like this. This is, right? this movie is, this movie is beyond, because I think that the, the problem that people are having processing this movie is because we are recently in the past 10 years, especially we have become very addicted to um, movies having movies being heroic movie experiences for us you know where it's like we go to the movie to have a statement said that we agree with and then we are shown as right like this is for every avengers movie this is for every you know social justice movie it's for every movie about you know defeating monster it's every everything like it's the way we like if i'm going to experience uh, media it's going to be about agreeing with me and making me feel like i made the right choice and i am strong Right. Now that's not how movies have always been. It's just the way no, things taxi are. Right driver now. wasn't like that. <laughs> exactly. And and this movie is agnostic. Midnight Cowboy was a, Midnight, like, Midnight Cowboy was oh. Right, yeah. I mean it's these are hard things that are meant because I mean I've said it before, but there there's there's uh there's two forms, two general forms of art. One is to celebrate beliefs that or to re- reaffirm beliefs that we have. Star Wars, right? Superman. Um where it shows you an icon of something you believe that we can strive for. And that's beautiful. The untouchables. And they make you feel great. And then there are movies that are internal that are aimed at you to say like, okay, you say you believe this, but do you actually act this way? And let's look critically at you, you know, with empathy and see what you discover in yourself. And we used to make a lot of those movies, especially in the seventies. We don't make those movies too much anymore. And movies like Blade Runner, for instance, is one of these movies. And, and the movie like Blonde is exactly that. It's meant for self-examination. And it's not, a, it's not gendered about it. It's saying, no. as a human being, That's right. these, are, these are the cruelties we levy onto other humans well, and onto we, on, on, on to ourselves. Okay. It does so, identify so I, 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 the movie I, 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 gendered differences. The obvious thing that Ron is saying is like when people want to see a movie these days, they, they want to get their mo- their's money's yeah. worth. And it's absolutely true. And, they don't want to get kicked in the balls. It's streaming at what? <laughs> yeah, 100%, dude. And, and the thing is, you're, like, you're, absolutely, like, you're paying 20 bucks a ticket. Like, 
or 20 bucks for Netflix, whatever it is. But this yeah. movie cost $22 million, which yes. is brilliant, and it was on streaming. So you yes. just get it so, with your subscription. You so you didn't exactly. pay a ticket for this, and you yes. got gold. Yes, exactly. And so like, and I think that this is it's, it's the kind of movie where there's no way that people are going to receive this well, because it makes you, it sympathizes with you and empathizes with you, and it also points out that you're part of what the pain is that you're You suffering. caused the problem, right? Yeah. Every like, time we, are all, you... we are all part of this together. And like, right. and every time we treat people like this, we are treating ourselves like this. And to to observe this and to be critical of the audience yet caring uh, is extremely difficult to fucking do. And we're so unused to it now that the pain that it it unearths in us is something we don't know how to handle. So we're just like, what? This must be the fucking. This I'm gonna blame somebody, and this movie's bad. It shouldn't make me feel bad. Maybe it's that male director. He must have drugged that woman into giving that performance. Like, no, these are people that are very serious about saying something that's very real and something we should probably really look at. Yeah. But it's really fucking upsetting because we are right now very fucked up. All of us, all ages, very fucked up. Yep. And we have a distorted view of reality. Yes. Very distorted. view, Mm -hmm. And distorted view of everything yeah yeah this uh, is this is a i i was like that i was i was i watched like i said four times every single time at the end of the film i was overwhelmed and crying yeah mm. right. okay but yet let's to be fair that's most movies for you this yeah is, okay like, thank you for pointing that I, but but there's a yeah. different level here so we should right. explain you you cry at almost every movie uh, yeah and my, my my chip and dale review is similar but yes it's true <laughs> but i just want to say that this is so next level and i can't emphasize it enough that you have to be ready for it yeah but i i love eric's suggestion just watch it with the sound off just Great. to be able to experience it totally endorse that because totally. it's all your icon, you know the icon of it. So half the battle that, is there. It's gonna, a that's character, gonna, and your perception of that character is already with you. Absolutely. But just watch it, and it's. Awful. I think that will know, help it be I, less escargot. Less yeah. escargot. <laughs> that's it. Because eventually, it will, you can't have too much escargot, yeah. right? Like, the, like right. Yeah. yeah. Because I think that, like for me, it's like there was le- like it was less escargot every time I watched it. I was like, well, now I knew when I knew what the movie was doing. It's felt it felt less. Um, frightening and and more honest. Yeah, you knew what you were getting into yeah. a little bit more, and so like, uh, and then you could savor a little bit more of that that butter exactly. sauce. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So, but this is such a fucking hard ride. This is like trying to swallow a bowling ball. So, really, really, go don't go into this lightly. It is like I think uh, all the criticisms leveled against it may be misdirected, but they're coming from an honest place, which is. No, Ron, Ron says, no, "Isn't not. it worse to enjoy a thing that kicks you in the balls?" Absolutely not. <laughs> no, like no, yeah, it's like, absolutely not. Yeah. Uh, no, no, you, yes, and uh, movies. <laughs> the concept that movies are supposed to be enjoyed is wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I, I agree. All right, art is, movies, art is movies, not movies should not be enjoyed. It is, art is not about being enjoying. It's about a reflection of life that's yes. supposed to be intelligently expressed, right? Sometimes and some, when someone well. does it really well, like writing a really good book or doing right. a really good movie, like Midnight Cowboy <laughs> was not meant to be enjoyed, yeah. right? Taxi Driver was not meant to be enjoyed. These movies like, did make my life better through reflection. Yes. Like, yes. I learned not to kick myself in the ball so hard. So that's good, but it is a kick in the balls when you see it. I mean, like, even like, even oh, even shit, Rocky, I'm kicking myself in the ball. In the balls, think about yeah. Rocky, right? Like Rocky, like in the end, it was like okay, it, it, it helped itself, but Rocky didn't win. Yes, 
Yeah, exactly. exactly. But most people think Rocky wins, <laughs> but yeah. he doesn't. No. Well, the, okay. So to address what Ron, Ron's saying, yeah, the thing is, I do, I do enjoy the movie on a different level, right? Like the the experience of the movie is very is is horrifying and sad and painful, right? But also, uh, especially on like not on the not on the first watch, on the second watch, when I could be a little bit more removed from it, like I can't help but appreciate the beautiful technique that he uses, mm-hmm. right? But even on the first watch the beauty like is very real and it's not beauty to show off. It's not beauty to be like, look no. what a great photographer I am. It's beauty so that what you are seeing and the, and the, the life you are seeing is made valuable as a, as a, as a work of art. Like it's not trying to be like, Oh, look how fucking awesome I am. It's saying like Marilyn, like Norma Jean is beautiful. The experience of life is beautiful. And so I need to represent this on the screen and it is beautiful. It doesn't make it enjoyable. But it is representative of what I feel is beautiful in like the things that I'm sad about, the things that I'm that I'm crushed by in my own life are things that I would that are it is beautiful that we can feel these things that is as human as it gets. And so to be as responsible as you can in terms of technique is uh, uh, is a beautiful thing unto itself. And because like he is really trying to, he is really trying to communicate with your heart. Uh, he is not doing this like a music video director and showing off. He's saying like, this is what it feels like. And to be human about it is to be, is to be beautiful and it is to be painful. Like it's that's absolutely, what's going on. listen, it is absolutely incredible. Like this, this, this shot that's behind us that I took this picture, right? Oh, that, it yes. is. Right. So this is this is a shot that is That's her walking to a car. Oh, I was listening to get, this get an abortion. <laughs> abortion right. So, yeah. And and, it, and and if you think about they used a very specific kind of lens, which I don't know if you guys know, but there's these there's these these distorted lenses that basically don't have the correct coating on them, that right. the, the the edges of them create a defocus effect that is round spherical. Yeah, it's spherical, like, a spherical defocus. And it's so special. And if you think about what she's walking towards and what that lens represents, and it is pure gorgeous color and everything it's really hard to do that yeah um yeah, but, so that, it's, it's very but i have a feeling that a lot of the people who actually are criticizing blonde are people who've never seen it i, I think that's true or, yeah. or having or are and to be to be fair to them are people that are having trouble uh seeing it like experiencing it or allowing themselves to experience it because they're going in uh with this with this feeling of just like I am ready to fight this movie. And because uh, they've heard that it's, it's, people don't have their own this. opinions. They just, right. And I'm trying not to be mad about it because they get, like super fucking, it's going to, if they go in with that opinion, which is a totally reasonable as, as, as Ron pointed out, like it's not unreasonable to expect a male directed movie about Marilyn Monroe to be a pervy jerk off fest. It's totally reasonable to expect that because most, and a lot of nudity. Yeah, exactly. But none of it is, none of it is like, like this is not sexy nudity. This is uncomfortable no. nudity. Like it's done. It's, no, you're uncomfortable every time. Every time. Like there's nothing. Like there's nothing enjoyable about any of this stuff. Mm. And so, like the 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 when when people go into it thinking with the assumption that this is a a, a vile man who is trying to exploit the the nature of this, like you're going to have your 
your dukes up and you're going to be ready to fight the movie and the movie's going to make you feel emotions that are close to being enraging and you're going to be as like and it's going to validate something that isn't there but you went into the movie with and uh, and i think that is completely understandable but i wish that we were more in the habit of being curious of being open to the experience and saying like okay this is what i'm feeling why are they trying to make me feel this way because the moment you ask that it will answer you right now listen i want to get because like I said, I have a hard out at six, so mm-hmm. I want to make sure we get this through. So we only have a couple more things to go through in terms of the chronology of this. Uh, we, he just left the president's office. That was mm-hmm. horrible or uh, sweet. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this leads us to our third baby loss. Yep. Which yeah. is. Uh, uh, which, them up, huh? Yeah, this is the, the, this is the it, one that a lot of people like. Did it, no, no, the CIA made didn't force her to have an abortion, but it worked. Right, for her. right. Like, who knows if this is real? But this is the emotional. But here, the, there is one state, thing. There is one thing, and I am. I don't know if you guys. know well, you guys know me, but I am not a conspiracy guy at all. Mm-hmm. I think you know there's a lot of fucking nutters out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have read. I've read a lot of um, I love history. And that's mostly what I read about the Kennedy era. But I know that I had read in several different accounts um, uh, that Bobby sent people in to scan the place to get oh, anything that might point to. Oh, yeah. To, to his brother. Like, yeah, it's none like of they that's... literally sent guys over to just like look for any kind of letters or anything that would point back. Right. Not that he killed her. It's yep. just they didn't want that the relationship or the fact that they knew each other to right. be public. Didn't they, didn't they, didn't, didn't the Kennedys and Marilyn used to hang out at Shay J that may be true. Yeah. Yeah. They used to share Sinatra used to share her with other people too. And that's wow. how they kind of did it because Sinatra brought um, her into that fold. Well, uh, that's right. The whole Brad more... pack used to hang out at Shay J. Yeah, yeah. But the thing is he used but, to get uh, her by the way, involved. So... Go ahead, uh, Dan, uh, Eric. Sorry. He used to get her involved, like, you know, bring her there and it would just be a lot of tag teaming, if you know what I mean. And he brought Kennedy and introduced that. And then when Kennedy turned against him, uh, he built a heliport in Palm Springs so the president would stay and he chose not to stay. And he smashed it with a hammer, uh, a sledgehammer. But the point is, that was the connection because he brought the Hollywood thing. He brought her to them. And I told you guys once last week about the he went through the tunnel in the subway to go to visit her in an apartment yeah. on Lexington. And he was at the Waldorf and nobody knew where the president of the United States was for about two and a half, three hours. That's crazy. But he was just totally irresponsible. But everyone shared her and she allowed herself to be shared, which yeah, is sad. This is what was actually happening. I mean, yeah, this is the thing is like that to project a fantasy onto her that she is like a heroic, uh, you know, idol of, of, um, of strength isn't, isn't like, is as likely true as anything else, you know, like, but it is your made up story that you're projecting onto her. Like it isn't, but hold on. They they didn't completely dismiss that in this film either. Oh yeah. He's talking about the critics though. No, I understand, but I'm saying like, listen, while she didn't come out triumphant, she definitely showed her strength and her intelligence. One hundred percent, and the, that's what I'm, this is what I mean to say is like what you what the strength and intelligence she shows is honest, and it's real, and it's and it's actually there. It's not it's not and it's not there. Like I'm not saying it's actually there in terms of this was the real person, but it's actually there in terms of 
what it is recognizing about the truths of this emotional story. Like this is someone who uh, isn't being listened to. She is clearly very smart, but no one can see, be, see beyond that. She is clearly very strong, but there are overwhelming forces. Like it's not negating any of these things, but it's saying that the forces that you're up against, it's like, this is a Manchester by the thing to say, actually, because in the end of that movie, he's like, I may not be able to deal with this grief. I may not ever get over it, you know? And, and that's not to say that, you know, he is a weak person in Manchester by the sea. It's just that what happened to him is larger than what he may be able to ever solve, you know? And that's an honest thing to say. And so when you talk about what happens with Marilyn in this, or at the, the the character of Marilyn, anyway, the is like that the four, like uh, I, I feel, I feel connected with her emotionally, not because she is a member of the Avengers who will win and do the noble thing. I do. I feel connected with her because the emotions are real. And I also make fucking stupid mistakes, even though I like to think of myself as a smart, good person. Like, the movie is there was there. a feminist quality to her. Like she, she fucks everybody she wants. And yeah, exactly. like, yeah why not? Live your life, Dave, Dave Fuse says, I don't understand why this got an NC-17 rating. I absolutely understand why it got an NC-17 rating. It's why? Well, NC-17 shot inside of her vagina. I forgot. And also there's a scene of an actual penis in there for about four frames. Yeah, I like did this. not catch that. Only you catch stuff like that. Chris. Well, I, this, I didn't catch that. Yeah. So like this, this is the thing. It's like being like, it is, I'm, I, I can't talk about like with the validity of NC-17 because NC-17 is totally fucking ridiculous. Like yeah. that's like saying R plus plus. Like what does that mean? Like we're adults already. Like what's the point? You know? <laughs> like it's like you must be eighteen. No, really eighteen. Oh, well, I'm glad I got the really part in there. Uh, and all it does is just damage. And so like NC-17 is used as an advertising thing to promise you that you're going to see something lic- lascivious. That's what it is. That's the only sure. reason it exists. So, like, uh, I, I don't, I, 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 I dismiss it as a fucking advertising trick now. Um, but the, but the, the content is upsetting. You know, it's like there's sure. a like if you're talking about the difference between say GPG and R, like there are movies that are rated R that have less violence than are movies that are rated rated PG thirteen because the violence in them is very meaningful. Like Goodfellas, you know, is not as gory as some fucking PG thirteen, yeah, it's not, whatever. Yeah, but seeing someone get hit in the face with a pistol bumps oh it to an R. <laughs> like that's what happens. So I understand that. Uh, but uh, but the the problem in the reception of the movie is I wish there was a grading system for like, you know, uh, just rate this A for Avengers, T for Taxi Driver. <laughs> you know, like give me that much so you can say like, okay, you're really going to have to try to open yourself up a little bit before you go in and see this. Cause you may, it may be upsetting. So yeah. Dave, I'm, uh, Dave is as like, yeah, I've seen comedies that have been shot from inside of a vagina. It's like, yeah, I, I get it, but yeah, still, don't, don't worry yourself over the, the fucking rating system. I don't worry about the rating system. I don't think it's a political thing. I don't care. And in fact, the people reacted like people are going to react to this no matter what. Yeah, but anyway, exactly. uh, I got to get through it. Okay. Yep. So at this you, point, this, let, let's get, let's get through, <laughs> let's get through the, this leads to basically the death scene. So Eric, tell us what you love about this death scene. Like how explain how it happens and why you love it. Cause and I love it too, but I, mm-hmm. you, you're going to give it, us the best one. Yep. Um, so basically what happens is that she is back at her home. Uh, if I'm correct, I can't remember what the scene prior to that was, 
but she gets a phone call uh, that I think it was Edgar Robinson Jr. or Chaplin Jr. I yeah, forget. Right. yeah, one of the chaplains. One right. of the chaplains. Right. Well, is it one yeah, of the twins? One of the twins. One of the, one of the, the twins. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So, and like, I believe it's Chaplin. dies. Yeah, yeah. Right. dies. Right. And the other gentleman calls and said, you know, he died. And she's very kind of a little standoffish about it. She's like, well, I don't want he was he made a box for you. He has something for you that he bequeathed it to you. So we're going to send it over. It's like, well, I don't want it. Well, a delivery guy shows up. She goes inside to get a, um, a tip for him. And she's just so out of it. You can tell. Uh, because she can't even find her purse and she's disheveled yeah. and she comes back with the tip money and the guy's gone. So she goes inside and opens the box mm-hmm. and in it is a bear. Oh, yeah. She takes a long time to try to find like a yeah. dollar. Yeah. yeah. But it just shows right. how helpless she is she's on her own up. that she'll never survive in yeah. the real world. She's and she so wants to live in make believe yeah. because yeah. people could take care of things. Yeah. She'd rather live in make believe drugged out. And the reality is, is that that's the only type of life she wants. Yeah. So then and her life is pain. She opens this box and she opens the box and it's a teddy bear that had a lot of sentimental value to her as well Mm -hmm. as to one of the twins or both of the twins. And then there's a card and it says from your father. And in it, it opens up, and there's a little, you know, comp trick. But the point is, what is the, the, said? The, no, the card is empty, and the letters fill in. Yes, that's right. But I'm saying that's a comp trick. Yeah, but it's, yeah, 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 yeah. Beautiful, beautiful. Okay, I want to explain what the comp trick is. <laughs> yeah, and the comp trick, and basically, it says that all those tears shed by your father were make believe. Yeah, all these letters you got from your dad were actually done by me. Me, like I'm a liar. And it's and very sadistic. Father, yes, you know, right. and and. It just flew her over them. She just reacted. And now, and, can I ask a question? Is like the way I interpreted this, and the, this is just to clarify what is what's happening emotionally for for you in the scene. Is like I I read it uh, that the one that she was the one who died is the one that she was truly in love with, right? And the one who lived is the sort of like shallow asshole, right? And the guy who uh, like. The guy who uh, she loved was writing these things because he wanted to be caring of her, and the guy who was no, who lived no. was sadistic. That's no. but that's only the way I read it. That, that's yeah, not I don't think because honestly, um, he was being catty and mean. Because like if he of, really, if he like, really did care, he wouldn't have tried to sell the photos. Remember, yeah, the guy true, she true, loved is true, the one that point, took the point. lead with DiMaggio and said, you know what? We don't want to see this. They're yeah. angry at her for actually having stardom or doing for something. Even though she, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and for these yeah, little it's brats, it's Good just, point. they're Good just, point. they're shitheads, man. They're yeah. like kids. And it's it's incredibly cruel. It's incredibly it's cruel. It's cruel, and yeah. it's mean, and it's very, like, Connecticut 1980s. Yeah. And it's, uh, so she you know who they're like. You know who they're like. They're like Nichols uh, and Thrawn. Who? No, 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 no. Uh, who's the character that I'm thinking of? Oh God, uh, Tim. Beluga. The rich kid. The rich kid from Pretty in Pink. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. What's yeah, his yeah. name? Oh, uh, there's totally Spader-esque. Spader esque. Yeah. Spader. Yeah, it's Spader. 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 Spader in, in, in like Pretty in Pink, man. That he. My roommate like, in, in high school. Blaine. Blaine. Thank you. Blaine. 
Blaine, couple of Blaine. Appliance. <laughs> <laughs> couple of Blaines. That's right. A couple of Blaines in this movie. So Blaine and Blaine reveal that uh, that she, that her father was not writing to her all this time. It was actually just them fucking her over. They give her the doll that she found in the street that is like the doll that she used to have. And that's when she just fucking loses it. Yeah, he was fucking yeah. with her. He was yeah. being mean. There was nothing and, nice and about And Dave, Dave says uh, uh, Cass Chaplin was the one who died yeah. and sent her the letter. He admits to yep. messing with her head. Yeah. Right. That's yeah. right. So that's, that's what terrible. we were saying. So, yeah, so like, she is destroyed by this. She's destroyed. Yeah. Um, so then she, you know, you start to follow this sequence of very light and in and out of focus where it's very dreamlike. Very out. bright. Very yeah. bright. Like white scene. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, but Which you know what? Well with her There's a lot hair. of photos yes. of her yes. in that era. Uh, what was the guy's name? I have a book. Um, yeah, these glorious, like very heavenly yeah, photos. Yeah, Genesis great. did it. I'll pull it up. Yeah. And so uh, basically, she starts, she's drinking and taking the pills methodically. And then she just goes back to her bed and just dies but you see her go up to the light from the and- from the point of view of the dog which like the dog i love this little this is this is one of those sort of like those moments where it uses like uh this pseudo kitschiness that surrounds monroe for an incredible emotional effect because the dog is sort of looks up at the ceiling and then we follow the dog's gaze and yeah. then we rise up into literal heaven through the ceiling to see her you know, her uh, fedora-hatted, cool-looking dad. Yeah, it was such a beautiful scene. If I could finish, there was such a beautiful scene. And I felt like it was one of the best death scenes I've ever seen. Oh, it's incredible. I actually was sympathetic with her. And I was like, you know, this is the right thing. Because there's no way she can survive. And God bless her. And she's just traveling to the next place. Well, And the the beauty... Part of of me also... Sorry, quickly, is that... There was a riffness to that, the way the light and the pulling the lens mm-hmm. off the camera, because when they go to through that roof, because it's all the timber, that style of, of mid 50s yep. or whatever in Brentwood, that was in Brentwood or house in Brentwood. When they go up, the rafters kind of bend like it's an optical trick. Yeah. So it wasn't like they really pushed the camera up because they played. Oh, yeah, it. no, it it's, a, it's like absolutely it a lens totally trick. Riffing. Right. And, and so like the and, and like you're passing through these jail bars of the of the window. Right. Like, so you're being for your ceiling. Kind of, now, of course, like I don't I don't want anyone to commit suicide. I, I totally don't do not recommend anything like this. But the the sense of uh, freedom from pain is uh, both incredibly uh, it's freeing and it's also very sad. Oh my God. Like it's really, really overwhelming. Just yeah. the leg. Her leg is draped. Yeah. And time lapse just shows that time goes by. Right. Well, and, and also like, like uh, the, the, one of the great men, cause like the, the image when she goes through into heaven and sees her dad, it's like what's beauty, beautiful about it is this, this movie, the, the, the image of her dad is so kitschy and cornball, but it's because she was a child when she saw it. And so, it retains this childlike point of view and it yeah. doesn't like, and so I realized that like I'm cr- totally crying my face off and all the cynicism that I would normally apply to an image like this has been wiped away. Like I'm so connected with her and I emotionally am so much in the same place that it's both uh, extremely childlike and really beautiful simultaneously. Right. And do you, and uh, when you return to, to the real world, right. The camera, there's, two great elements. One is she's on the bed, top down shot of her on the bed. And she's just like lying out with the phone. Right. And then 
there's this soft dissolve of her moving her head like this on top yeah. of that image and looking right at you. And so you have this a twin effect of her. Like well, that you're was still the famous pose at that house. Yes. Right. I'm, and I'm so you it, it, that up. And so it has this this double effect of like you feel terrible for her and it also reminds you that you are still iconifying her. And then the car- and then the camera itself, uh, it doesn't just cut to a shot of looking at the feed. The camera moves over handheld and then it's sort of put down in a wobble. And so you're super aware that you are still watching her. Like no, even though she's dead, you're still watching her. And so the movie is like, it's, emp- it's empathic, even with her death and saying like, what exactly are you still doing watching her now? Like, this is a beautiful shot. And then the legs in the bed, right. But it, it never, it both never, it always communicates with you and makes you realize what you're doing over and over again through the entire film. I do want to yeah, know. It that. was the dual thing, but that was, I think the guy that took the photo when I'm trying to, I just oh, yeah, 100%. Is, totally I think it's, it was two different shots over the bed and this, yep. the normal, the two split per size. Yes. I agree. Bingo. That's, Bingo. but yeah. it was Bert's where they were saying, that's, Oh, we took it from photos. Photograph, I yeah. think Bert Stern is the guy because Bert's he was there. the guy that spent a lot of time where they're shooting at her place in Brentwood mm-hmm. uh, before she died. And so there's so many beautiful shots of her too. I mean, these are like the, to, to, to root that part in those photographs is really pretty genius. And, uh, and, and to constantly remind us that, you know, but didn't like, he do that also kind of with uh, the Jesse Jane? Oh, absolutely. He's the, the same, you know, like the same uh, specific lenses to the time Use, well, but and matches the, the death shot. And re- yeah. And yeah. Uh, you know, like doing that kind of. I also want to note, by the way, that the DP on this is mm-hmm. very is not famous DP. No kidding, no. really? No. Who is it? His name. His name is Chase Irving, hmm. and he's done a bunch of music videos. Wow, dude! He's very mostly famous for from. his music videos and shorts, and he's done he's, some big ones, obviously. No, the music video for Marilyn Manson and Beyonce and a bunch of stuff. But what's interesting is he's he's not. This is remember because the last one he did was with freaking Dink, uh, uh, Roger Turkin. Yeah, Deacons. Yeah, Deacons. Right. right? Yeah. And so and so this is a big. This is a huge deal because I. I don't think Deacons could have done this. It's too technical. Yeah, yeah. This is not Deacons' bag. Like it's technical. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And so this guy being from the music video scene, and yeah. I don't, you know, can pull this off because like I, these transitions are yeah. super masterful. Technical. Yeah. Super technical. Brilliantly Very artfully designed and then executed perfectly. Right. Yeah. It's such a combination of like of a, a vision and a real artistic vision and then a real technical execution is yeah. just it's on. It's totally unparalleled. Like it's, it's one of the greatest looking movies I've seen in so long. And, and so I think that's something that's surprising to me. It's like who was the DP on this? And yeah. it's like I've never heard nice of this job, person. Dude. I've ne- like that's that's yeah. And again, I don't think this is this is a performance because of this film that's not going to get recognized for the brilliance of this of this thing. Yep. Yeah. Yep. The, the look and style they pulled from was Bert and Bert Stern. Uh, he's the guy that was actually the last person to photograph her. Yeah. Yeah. And so if you look it up, the Bert Stern did a lot of work with her, but he literally went over to her place. And some of the, that's the one where the famous, I don't know if anybody's seen it, where she crosses, let me look for it. She crosses out on the negatives. I think she was shooting misfits. Oh yeah. And she's like, um, like, I don't like this, this, like every single one was X through. Yeah. Um, because she just was like, yeah, great. Uh, oh, but, and, uh, 
uh, go ahead. Loomy color and, and yeah, feeling gorgeous. is, is uh, the Bert Stern thing. And, and uh, uh, yeah, Dave, Dave 3D puts it really well. It's his favorite shot during the death uh, is that double is that double exposure. Norma dies while Marilyn poses. Yeah, that's a really well. That's a great way to put it. Yeah, it's a that's that's a stone cold like and to implicate the audience gently one last time. It's yeah, these it's are really the solid. last the photos. Yeah. That's really cool. But <laughs> that's yeah, awesome, that dude. kind of vibe. If you see it, it's uh, no. That's but great. yeah, so th- this this movie, I really recommend. I mean, I totally agree with Eric and say like, watch this movie. If you if this movie is sounds overwhelming, watch it with the sound off the first time, and that will help. And also, if you haven't seen the assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford, see it because it's one of the best movies ever made. Uh, I'll also see it because um, the especially the last third of the movie, which is about Robert Ford alone. Um, has uh has very similar themes that help reflect this because robert ford is the person who fantasized about jesse james and thought he knew him really well and knew all these de- all these things and facts and projected his own heroism onto jesse james right and then he meets jesse james and jesse james is not at all like what he thought and he ends up killing jesse james and then but after, he created a fantasy of it. He created a fantasy because, because essentially he created a fantasy. He was part of the reason why Jesse James wanted to die. Right. And, uh, and then afterwards, Robert Ford goes on and he becomes essentially, uh, he put, he's put in the position of, an, of being Jesse James as he uh, becomes famous for having killed him. And then when someone comes to kill him, it's almost a relief like and so you get the two points of view but this is it's great to compare it because like Jesse James that movie is uh from the external point of view we are watching this happen to characters where this movie and I think this is why Dominic was so obsessed with making it is he's like that's great but the real deal is you have to be inside the character literally and you have to see it specifically from that point of view uh so you can share that feeling and that's why this movie was so such a how old is it's Dominic. He must be late fifties, mid fifties. Yeah, late fifties. Yeah. He, but he's a true, true artist, man. He is one. Yeah, of the best and the he's old. Uh, he was born in sixty-seven. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, he's yeah. my age. He's totally. And he's new. He's uh, he's from New Zealand. That's yep. right. That's why he's yeah. friends with Nick. He's done a ton of stuff with Nick, and they're old yeah. friends. Yeah. And I've known about him for years because I'm a, a, a cave aficionado. Yep. Yep. And, and the music uh, to this cave's music to this is incredible. Warren Ellis, yeah, freaking it's really, cool. really incredible. And if you guys see those photos I sent over, and you see like an orange X, it's the last sitting, and then she went to do the misfits, and he sent the negatives to her, her photos, and she's like, "I look ugly, I look horrible," so she put a sharpie through them all oh, and God. sent it back. Yeah, that's so that's really her saying yeah. I. And so it's weird because it's her half naked, and then these beautiful shots and there's an X through it's like a crucifix yeah. yeah that's fucking heavy duty man absolutely absolutely so there you go I know you have a heart out but uh, uh, thank you guys for talking about this movie this movie fucking completely blew me away and uh, I uh, next time we're gonna do something a little bit something more. lighter it's yeah a little Tootsie yeah. <laughs> Tootsie would be good Tootsie is great Tootsie is a good movie but also this is uh, you know this is one of the most current things we've ever done yep, so. that's true 
And also, really? I think it's the the one where, where we we are most opposed to the mainstream. <laughs> well, yeah, we've been opposed to the mainstream yeah. a lot. Yeah, sure. Uh, this one, this one definitely seems to be. Yeah, yeah we are we are out of the cultural uh, uh, zeitgeist on Blonde. Blonde is is a bad movie that you should not watch. Uh, and yeah, uh, it, I think it, they're wrong. Yep, it is. It is. It is a hard movie. That, if but I think a lot of watch. people who say this is a bad movie you shouldn't watch are people who actually haven't seen it. Haven't actually seen the movie. Yeah, it's probably true. Yeah, it's kind of sad too. Like yeah. they should be. Yeah, no, it's it's really something, and uh, and I. Yeah. But listen, th there's also this is a thing, right? People read things and are like, they make decisions on whether they want to see films based on what they it's read, fun. and if they see something that they don't want, it's like then I'm not going to bother seeing that, right. because right. if you see it, you can't unsee it. You can't unsee Blonde. No, it is going to be there forever. Why would you want to unsee something? Well, it's like because it's unpleasant, you know. And a lot of people are not going to, like as Ron rightly pointed out, like most people are going to the movies to spend twenty bucks so they can feel better about their day, not. So they could feel like they, they like great. Somebody else shares my horrible pain. That's what yeah. I wanted to be reminded of. <laughs> but, but we used to do that. We used to yeah. actually go things to feel empathy, right? Yep. yep. And, that and that was, was during Vietnam. I mean, like, yeah, on, for God's sake, <laughs> we went to see Midnight Cowboy. It wasn't because we wanted yeah. to have a good time, right? Yeah, exactly. We wanted to enjoy an incredible but experience. They posed a lot of questions. Yes. And it, it was culture was centered around a lot of it, but yep. it's not. You know, art, and it's like, art okay. is about try, is is about giving you tools to and find a new safe. part of yourself. That's all it is. Art is never safe. Never believe art yeah. is safe, and it should and it should never be safe. Sometimes it's very fun. Sometimes it's very kind. Sometimes it makes you feel great, but never believe that it should be safe because it some of the best stuff it does some of the best stuff it does for you. It uh, it's not uh, uh, an unpainful experience. It can be hard, and this is hard, but worth it. Right. Okay. As we're wrapping things up here, I do want to put, I'm going to put it here in our, in our um, Twitch stream. Uh, we've started a Patreon. We would love, I know you guys, some of you guys have uh, subscribed to us on Twitch and we can still absolutely accommodate that, that, but we would actually prefer it if you guys would support us. Uh, uh, be a Patreon on Patreon because we actually get more from Patreon than we do from Twitch. Mm -hmm. uh, if you if you do like the Prime subscription, which you, you technically have one free a month, go ahead and continue to do that. We would we'd love your Prime subscriptions. But mm -hmm. if you actually want to uh, send us your hard earned uh, dollars, uh, uh, which we appreciate, we do it on Patreon. We actually one Starbucks visit throw it our way. That yeah, helps. So us out. so right now we only have one inch thing. It's five dollars a month. If you guys want to support us there, we'd appreciate that. Uh, and uh, yeah, that helps pay for all the stuff so it's uh, for those of you listening it's patreon.com slash martini giant all one word again patreon.com slash martini giant. we're thinking about uh, having an, a level that's uh, three dollars a month where it sounds good up front but i actually text you my opinions every 20 minutes and you and it yep. gets to be a hassle so go for the five dollars yeah <laughs> yeah go for the five dollars but but uh if you do uh join us on patreon we are also automatically uh uh uh, we'll join our subscribers only lounge on uh, our discord as well, our which, by the discord. way, uh, our discord is uh, very active and a lot of fun. So uh, yeah, lots of good memes. Today was pretty funny on the, on the discord. Lots of funny memes yep. stuff. That's a good one. Yeah. Uh, and uh, thanks very much to Dave 3D guy. Thank you to everyone who's here. This is a great old yeah. time. Great and, points uh, and I but I, I, interaction. That was, it was lovely. And, uh, and next time it will be something lighter. Yeah, yeah. I just, it's just, <laughs> it's just, it's hard to sleep. Oh, God, dude, <laughs> really? dude, yeah. 
Yeah. It's so it's so it's like I was I, not emotionally ripped I, up. I was, I was so inspired by this. I, I, would, yeah, I was I was also inspired. I could like I couldn't like I would I'm I, inspired. I'm not saying I wasn't inspired. It's yeah. just hard to sleep. Maybe I just have heavy duty. It's just more shit going on in my life yeah. than you. You know what you, you gotta do. No, no. I work same hours as you. What you need to do is just inject barbiturates into oh, right your, your main veins. Attach right the camera to yeah. uh, your midsection. Aim it yep. right at your face. And just barbiturates in the neck. Yep. <laughs> just a little bit of sleeping pills mixed with prosecco, and That's you are so out. nice. This fizz, the fizz, the prosecco. It's fizz. called the old TWA to New York flight, and I love it. <laughs> That's nice. That's Teeny nice. weeny airlines. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> excellent all right there we are all right guys thank you so much uh hopefully you enjoyed it uh this has been a lot of fun and uh you know it's 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 great that uh we were able to do this but next next week by the way it's we're in october so we may have to make a scary funny movie that's true we gotta do a scary we have to do a scary yeah. how about the uh was it Tucker and Dale versus evil <laughs> the, uh, did we do the werewolf of london oh american werewolf in london yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. We got a couple of that. Anyway, actually, that's a good point. Uh, if you guys uh, have any suggestions for uh, a good Halloween stuff, uh, put it on our Discord. And How about Billy Elliot? That's scary. Yeah. <laughs> so. okay. Oh, have you guys ever ever seen? Have you ever seen Grabbers? No, you're telling me about Grabbers. I have to see Grabbers. That's it's an great. Irish horror film. Oh my god, would love that. Sounds really strange. Yeah, oh, it's hilarious it. because it's basically about these creatures from the ocean. But uh, they figured out that they're affected by uh, if your blood alcohol level is too high, they can't eat you. So everyone gets it's really super drunk. hammered. <laughs> and this, this is in Ireland, so you can see yeah. where this is going. That's why everyone lives in Ireland. It yeah. sounds like a fish and chip <laughs> shop, like Grabbers. Yeah, it's it's yeah yeah grabbers. it's hilarious. I awesome. Excellent. Highly recommend. All right. You guys ready? Yes. Let's do it. Drink. Talk. Drink. Drink.